Hello everybody and welcome to That's The Issue, the comic book podcast that gets to know you through the issues that you love. My name is Matt Loon and I'm your host. Joining me is my co-host, Mr. Wes Messer. Wes, how are you tonight? I'm not too bad, Matt. How about you, sir? I'm good. I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, um, we've got a great show lined up for you this week. Um, we've got uh, Hassan Otman Elhow coming onto the show. Um, you might know Hass from uh, Strip Panel Naked on YouTube. Uh, you might know him from the Panel by Panel digital uh, magazine that comes out every month. Uh, and you might know him from um, previous uh, Comics Alliance alum, and uh, he does uh, Under the Hood Pod, uh, the uh, Watchman Minutia podcast with Kieran Shiak. Uh, he's coming on later on in the show to talk about uh, Blankets uh, by Craig Thompson, uh, one of his favourite stories, uh, as well as, uh, as uh, all the projects he does and all the things he's involved in. Um, so uh, looking forward to that chat. Uh, but Wes, how are you? What have you been? Uh, what have you been reading lately? Okay, what I've been reading is. Ec- and it's pretty much I've been reading right now. I've been reading Astro City for one thing. I've actually been reading. I read the first. I actually have not gotten to read any of the Kurt Busiek, um Astro City from his uh, current Virgo runs. So I actually have been binge reading the heck out of Astro City on Hoopla. Oh, okay, cool. What like the, from the beginning or just it's from it's from the uh, beginning of the Vertigo run. I, I've read the original Wildstorm slash homage stuff. Hmm. But I haven't read, but I have not gotten reading the Virgo stuff yet. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and go read some of this because like it's being released on on uh so I'm like, okay, I'll just sit down and read a bunch of this. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is and I'm having a blast reading going through it oh, again. Awesome. So going through it. I have not read. So I read the first two volumes of that recently. Then I've been also continuing reading volume the first volume of the Black Lightning stuff. Oh yeah, cool. And and that and and also, so that's going to be, so I've been reading that. I've actually got a little bit more. I'm almost done with it. It's been, I, I swear, Black Lightning got me so hooked. I'm like, okay, well, we're, we're getting the volumes now, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. I've got like the second, I've got like the second one pre-ordered on Amazon. I got the second one pre-ordered. So it's like, okay, Ooh, we're so doing were, this. We're in it. So you watch the, uh, you watch the TV show and then you thought, actually, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go back and get the books. Yeah. Cause I, I really like the TV show. I got into it. Have, have you gotten to sit down and watch it yet? I've not had a chance yet. It is on Netflix over here in the UK, so I'm, um, I need to actually find time to just sit down and watch it. Whenever I've got like a spare minute with um, with Netflix, I've been watching Star Trek Discovery and The Good Place, um, and uh, and so uh, those kind of occupy my time. But um, Good Place is just at its season two finale, and uh, I'm caught. I'm all caught up on Star Trek Discovery now. So I think uh, I think it's time to dive into Black Lightning. To be honest. Oh, you'll do it. I I still need to actually start watching The Good Place because every because everyone I know has been starting to watch that. <laughs> like you've been watching a lot of yeah. people. Like, I have not watched this yet. I need to watch this darn show. It's great. Yeah, it works best if you go in without any um, without any kind of uh, information about it. So you just go in and start watching it because it's uh, it takes it goes to some really weird places. Um, and like by the end of series one, like the whole the whole thing is blown wide open, and then series two kicks oh. off, and you it's 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 really good. Like I don't like people that hype kind of. Um, like the endings of, of series um because i think like people get like can get a bit too 
caught up with that but like a lot of people have said that the the end of series one of the good place is like a a pitch perfect ending to a season like it ends in such a brilliant way it turns like everything you thought you know you don't and everything you you don't know you find out and it's it's really well done and then series two has just been brilliant and and just as good as it goes through so yeah definitely recommend that and and what's interesting is like i want to watch that and then and now thanks to thanks to the um because it's funny i was actually talking about this i we just got a uh, Hulu through our um, through our Sprint service here, so now I can. So now I've got free Hulu thanks to Sprint. Oh, so, awesome! So now I'm like preparing. I'm like, well, guess what? I'll probably be watching. I'll probably start being start watching Runaways soon enough here because every because like, I know people have been watching. I went, okay, I'm curious. Oh, I'm yeah. start watching this gosh darn thing. And I don't know where I can watch uh, Runaways over here, but um, oh, uh, it's got to be on somewhere. It's got to be, gotta, oh, wow, that's right. And so it must be straight up Hulu exclusive. And um, now, because it's funny, because like you guys got, you guys got uh, Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. On Netflix. Yeah. And ours is behind an extra paywall with um, Star Trek Discovery. That's It's such on a a CBS, CBS All Access. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't have, you don't, you don't have CBS All Access. Well, you got to wait for Star, Star Trek Discovery to hit later on down the line, either on dvd blu-ray or if we decide to air it on on um cbs itself when we have summer and we have nothing else on which i would not be shocked if they do i wouldn't be surprised because as well it's like it's a really really good show like i i absolutely love it it's like one of my favorite star trek things um and it's um the i can't remember what episode it's on now like 12 or 13 but um it, yeah. it's taking it's taking all of you know um all of kind of star trek history and star trek um like tropes and things like that and it's it's turning a lot of them on their head but it's it's it does it in a really good way like there's loads of twists and turns to the series um it kind of that you can't predict where it's going to go like loads of i've been reading loads of kind of fan theories and things and they always like there's always people that get it right but it's only like the week before or something where someone's like oh i bet it's going to be this and then next week it is but then like you would never have predicted that like two episodes ago or three episodes ago so it's um it's really good and uh and i think it's it's a it's a it's a crime that it's not getting like the widest possible audience um so i felt kind of lucky to get get it on netflix over here and i think netflix are doing really well in the uk of like getting shows that um that i wasn't expecting them to get like because they've got star trek discovery they've got black lightning they've got riverdale um they've got uh, craziest girlfriend which i really enjoy watching they've got the good place um and it's, so it's it's kind of like loads of kind of shows that everyone says you should be watching are all in kind of one place for us here so i think we're kind of spoiled with it a little bit that's interesting because like in uh, here in the u.s it's like um like the cw they have a deal where like netflix airs the CW shows, but not as like the week of, but they have to wait till like the end of the season. Then right, they put right. it all up at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, I see. Now, now here in the, um, now it's funny though, you can, but I think because like you can go, like you can watch like the black lightning and so forth here in the U S on the CW's website. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can watch it that way. Yeah. You can, you have to deal with some ads, but mm. oh, that's fine. Yeah. But it's to deal with some ads, but it's, Black Lightning's on there for you if you're wanting to catch up with that. Because I've been hyping Black Lightning. I mean, it's like I really like Black Lightning. I really like I as like I, I watch all the C it's like it's funny, it's funny, it's like I watch all the CW shows and like Black Lightning's the one I go. I'm like already hitting my 
oh yeah i yeah i really can't wait to see what they do with this crazy show i'll be curious to see what you think of it because it's only three three episodes in Mm. okay cool so if you're gonna get into it you don't you won't be getting into it like crazy behind the curve you'll be able to yeah like if you wanted to like just watch like an episode another episode another episode something like that you'll be okay i mean yeah it won't be like ah there's so much freaking black <laughs> lightning i can't yeah. catch up i don't want to try to catch up like oh you you see three episodes and you'll be okay i mean it's not but that's cool it I'll, catch up than- I'll definitely catch up with it in the next like uh two weeks so i can uh, so we can talk about it on the next episode oh cool definitely cause i can't wait to see what you think about it because that sounds yeah. like it'll be I'll be, that'll be fun because I've actually been really on the Black Lightning like train of just going, no, it's really good. You know, you don't understand. It's really freaking good. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. one of the best series in the CW right now. Oh, man. Well, um, I suppose we should talk about the big news that has hit the last the big in the news. last two weeks. Um, What's the big news? There's no big news. Well, there was. There's a small, uh, there's a small indie creator called Brian Michael Bendis. Small indie creator. Um, he's, not big news at all. He's moved from one publisher to another, which people do. People do all the time. Um, totally. However, they had the... Uh, the massive major announcement. Uh, Brian Bendis did a um, interview with Forbes magazine uh, of all places and um, revealed everything that he's doing with DC Comics um, for the foreseeable future, basically. So we knew that he was going to be uh, writing a short story in Action Comics 1000, uh, along mm-hmm. with every other person that's ever touched Superman by the sounds of things. Um, it's a huge, huge issue. It's going to be it's going to be great. That's coming out in um april is it early april yeah it's, um, it's, it's about like a let's see actually comics 1000 yeah it's about it's about april yeah i think it was in the recent solicits wasn't it like the latest previews so i think um yeah i think that's probably why they why they do it because it's always kind of two months in advance so yeah so the that's action comics is 1000 is when he's going to be having his debut and then he uh, announced that he's going to be um He's going to be hitting the Superman universe pretty hard. So he's going to be in charge of Superman, uh, the Superman comic, and he's going to be running action comics as well. Um, But before all that, he's going to be doing Man of Steel, which is a six-issue weekly series Mm -hmm. with... um, Huge, huge talent on that. Um, Crazy talent. Brian Bendis is writing, but who are some of the artists that are going to be on with him? Like Adam Hughes is on it. Um... Doc Shaner's on it. Um, oh gosh. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Kevin McGuire's on it. Um, Ivan Ray's. Um, like it's almost like almost anyone who's done. So I, I think I, I don't think Adam Hughes. I remember Adam Hughes. Them mentioning Adam Hughes though, but I I'm not 100 percent sure on that. If I'm wrong, don't hesitate to tell me. It's just I'm. I thought it, but I know. But Jason Fabok, Ivan Wright, Race, yeah. and um, Fleet Wright. Is it Rice or Race? Uh, yeah, Ivan Rice or Ivan Reese, yeah. Ivan Rice, um, uh, Doc Shaner, but, and Kevin McGuire, he mentions. But yeah, it's like, there's a lot of people who have done, people who have, almost anyone who's done some sort of like, like some sort of run with Superman, like art-wise, has done 
a little something on this Man of Steel thing they're doing. So Yeah, yeah. And so that's like Man of Steel, six years. One thing I did like was, uh, I don't know if you saw Doc Shainer's uh, Twitter, um, but he said, um, he basically said something along the lines of, I'm going to have to change my Twitter bio because his bio <laughs> on, on Twitter basically says, I, I want Drew Superman or I drew Superman once uh, and won't shut up about it. And so <laughs> now he's going to have to change that because he's going to be, he's going to be drawing like an issue of uh, Man of Steel. Um, so that's um, so that's really awesome. I love to kind of he's going to be drawing when, a lot of Superman soon. Yeah, he's going to be drawing a hell of a lot, and I, I love it when like artists and creators they kind of geek out on things like this. It shows that they're still kind of one of us, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, like so, Man of Steel. So a um, a comic, a prominent Marvel writer hops across to DC to uh, write a Man of Steel Superman comic and that uh, expands Superman's world and retells his origin story. Um, I could I could be talking about John Byrne, but I'm not. I'm talking about well, Brian actually, Someone actually said that. It's like, and a lot of people have been saying, it's like, this is almost like John Byrne, that yeah. John Byrne went over from Marvel to DC and got a Man of Steel comic and got control of the, super, of the Superman line for a That's little crazy. bit. And, yeah, and yeah. they're... And also the other bit we nearly forgot is there's a DC there's also another book DC Nation number zero coming out on May second. Yes, that comes yeah. out before May that co- that comes out before Man of Steel hit. That has that that the story that Bendis is writing is going to be drawn by Jose Luis, Luis Garcia Lopez, who, yeah. as Bendis put it, came out of semi retirement to do this with me. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez is an insane, legend. insane legend, he, legendary he, talent. He's, He's the legend. He's the man. He yeah. like he's if you ever if there's a certain period of comics that a certain period of DC like licensing material that the, his his stuff was the stuff they worked off of for all like the licensing for a long time. Yeah, I yeah. mean yeah. like style sheets of like DC people would follow. It's it's Jose's work. It's, Did you ever see those DC style sheets? Those they, are beautiful. Those are the coolest thing. Yeah, yeah really really good and that's all him so like any any merchandise as you say yeah any merchandise any like kind of pajamas coffee mugs posters any anything you can name like jose luis garcia lopez drew it so essentially what we're saying is the image in your head of batman superman wonder woman is probably drawn by garcia lopez so and it's flash and Fla- oh, everyone. Yeah, everyone yeah the dc universe yeah so brian bendis is universe. it's like what yeah. all did he draw he drew everything like that style sheet that those style sheets he drew he drew everyone so that they got him that that he's coming out of semi-retirement to draw this story Bendis is working on. It's big news. It's this is this is pretty yeah. big. I mean, this is going to be pretty wild to see what they do with this because he because it's because they said that um and it says in the interview that because first on he's first he's working with Jim Lee on the Action Comics one thousand story. Yeah. Which is crazy. He's like he's like, I'm going from Jim Lee to Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and I, I was like, I just, blah. He, he, you could almost tell reading the interview, he's sort of like, I can't believe this is happening. This is kind of yeah. awesome. And then he, and then he talks about, because the DC Nation story is going to set up a lot of stuff that's going on with Action Comics, because they're talking about that Superman's going to be his big action book. Mm-hmm. And his big action stuff, big crazy adventures, all that stuff. And then Action Comics is going to be more of the, the metropolis and 
kind of like taking uh, taking a larger look at Metropolis and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah. they say his DC Nation story, he says that the storyline will be set up a lot of what's going to be in action comics, which will be digging really deep into what's going on at the Daily Planet and introducing new cast members at the Daily Planet and some new villains in Metropolis. So Bendis got yeah. plans. Which is great because like... Bendis got he's, plans. He, he's obviously got prior form with having two, you know, two separate series that interconnect. Like he did that with X-Men and he, he did it previously with Avengers, like all new Avengers, uh, sorry, new Avengers and mighty Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he had all that feeding into it. Uh, he's got that kind of history anyway. He has a, um, like a... A love of doing street level stories, so you know the action comic stuff is going to be. I, I mean, I'm more, I'm almost more excited about the action comic side of things than I am the Superman side of things because I'd love to see Metropolis expanded. I'd love to see Lois and Jimmy and the Daily Planet and uh, John and and all that kind of side of Superman's life explored and opened up. Um, well, that's going to be fun. Yeah, and I think the fact that. Um, you know, the fact that he seems so reinvigorated, like we've said it before on this show and, and many people have said it, that his time at Marvel was, you know, he he's he, we were in like kind of the law of diminishing returns, weren't we really? Like we were getting him, you know, he was do- his X-Men stuff wasn't as focused uh, as previous work. Mm-hmm. And then the Iron Man stuff was, was you know, was fine actually. Like I love Riri Williams and I think the infamous Iron mm-hmm. Man stuff was actually, you know, quite, quite good. But I think it was kind of obvious that... He was looking for something new. I think he he needed that kind of injection of of energy that I think he's now got from going to DC. And obviously, this is before we've even seen him a single page that he's written. So you know, this all could come crumbling down. But like in his interview, he's really excited. the The plans that they've got are really are really well thought out. And if nothing else, the first eight issues that he's going to be a part of, so like Action Comics number 1000, DC Nation Zero, Mm -hmm. and the six issues of Man of Steel, like he's going to be working with the top tier artists that DC have ever had. So like Jim Lee, you know, despite what, you know, you may or may not think of Jim Lee, he's he's one of the, the biggest artists yeah he he is top tier artist and that's where he's starting from and then he's going to jose luis garcia lopez and then from there he's got six you know six separate issues each with a different artist on um it's it's going to be great and like i love um I, I love the new Superman comics that have been coming out. I love Superman. I love, um, I love Super Sons. Mm-hmm. Super Thank Sons you, has been great. I've really enjoyed... I have enjoyed action comics. It's been the weaker of the two uh, between that and Superman. But I've still thought it's still gone to some pretty insane places. Um, and, um, and yeah, so I've really enjoyed it. Like Peter Tomasi, Patrick Gleason, um, And it's, it's been really good to see those stories. But this kind of injection of life into the Superman, like kind of line is is only going to be a good thing surely and it's going to be big i mean yeah it's already going to it's already making a splash i mean if these books are not some of the top selling books on on like the in in like the top 10 top 20 books whatever i'll be shocked because yeah these things are going to be because and here's the interesting thing but here's the more interesting thing that out of superman like out of all the superman stuff that's getting announced his jinx world line of books which is Powers, Jinx, Scarlet, and all that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be releasing, the, and this is from the article I'm reading at Forbes right now, is they'll be releasing it all digitally and in print through DC Comics. Yeah. And DC is going to be giving him, like, 
they and they're still going to be his creator own books. Like they're going to be still his. They're just DC's just going to basically give him a home. Yeah. And and they're so he's they're doing a lot of stuff they've never really done there. So it's like this is going to be pretty big. And yeah. And so it's and it's going to be and he said it's going to be brand new material, brand new series. And then and then the craziest thing is he's going to be getting his own imprint at DC Comics. Similar to what yeah, Gerard on Way top of the Jinx World stuff that's coming out. So Gerard Way, so like what, so what we're seeing with like Gerard Way with Young Animal, Bend is going to have a, mm-hmm. is going to have the same thing that Gerard Way is doing, and so I'm like, so wait a second, Bendis is going to be getting super, he's going to be getting all the Superman stuff, all like the super, the main super, like the two main Superman books, a mini series of Superman leading up to it, the DC Nation stuff, setting up stuff that's going to be in the main in the main action comic stuff. And then Jinx world is going to be getting its own fresh home at DC. And he's going to be getting his own imprint that he's going to be, that he says is going to be, it's going to start some of his favorite all time DC characters in unique situations and that he cannot be more excited for. So like, so yeah. Wow. And this is going to be They've basically busy. given him the keys to the kingdom. They have they, given him the keys to the kingdom. He owned, this is his, that, DC is going to be his playground for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and like ironically enough, like it's he's he's left Marvel to go and do this at DC. This is this is I think this is big is big for DC. It's like whether you whether you're a fan of, of Bendis or not, like you can't deny that this is a huge milestone for them and it's a huge step and it's going to increase sales it's going to draw attention to them um in a way that um the the superman comics currently aren't you know aren't potentially doing which you know it's, it's no fault of theirs they they just don't have a big name mainstream draw like brian michael bendis on them um but it's it's weird because dc are getting this huge boost when they're already doing really well like if anything marvel needs this marvel needs someone to come in it's one of those things where like marvel needs someone to come in with the same energy that brian bendis has taken to dc and they need someone to come in and reinvigorate their you know their franchise and they will get something you know it's all Mm -hmm. kind of ups and downs isn't it but um but at the moment marvel are down and dc are up and uh, and dc are kind of capitalizing on it in in every way possible really it's it's wild to see this. I mean, when you saw when I saw this news pop up, I was like, "What? No way!" I mean, because that was interesting. Yeah. Is like the cool stuff was like, okay, in any other situation, we people have been like, "Oh, he's doing Superman." Okay, oh, he's doing Ice Comics. Okay, he's doing a sixty-two miniseries. That's cool. He's doing a DC Nation thing. Okay, so the Superman stuff would be cool. Okay, but then it's like, wait, Jinx World's going over there too. Okay, then he's getting his own imprint. <laughs> yeah. Oh holy okay wow they're really going for it now oh they're because mm. they, if they had to get bendis they had to pretty much figure out how can we get a guy like him over here and that's what they did they just pretty much said give him they gave him straight up everything he'd ever want and then some but they gave him more than probably what he ever could have wanted at in his entire career he they really gave it to him yeah well i mean it's it's strange because i think everyone predicted 
one of these things like everyone's like there's there are people that said oh yeah he's gonna be we think he's we heard about the action comic short story so maybe he's gonna be on the superman titles and then you know other rumors were oh he's gonna get his own imprint other rumors still were like oh well you know he's, he's jinx world mm-hmm. stuff's probably going to come across and he, you know his creator and stuff's going to be coming across but no i don't think anyone expected all of these things to happen i don't think anyone expected him to take over the superman line to have a you know six a six week six issue six week leading um, with Man of Steel and then to have a creator owned imprint on top of that and to have his own stuff ported across and and to work with all the talent that he's getting I mean this is you know the golden ticket the keys to the he kingdom got he's got a freaking golden ticket I mean he's getting he's getting he's getting the go the will he's <laughs> yeah, he's going to be singing, skipping down the road. He's getting, he's got the keys to Willy Wonka's uh, freaking chocolate factory. He's run home, Brian. <laughs> run, 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 Brian, run home, run. And, and yeah, that's that's exactly it. So he's done. He's done really well. Um, and I think it's. Um, I don't know about you, but like I am, I'm excited for it. Like in a way that I wasn't particularly excited for any of Bendis's work for the last five years, maybe. Yeah. Um. I am I am excited for this, um, and I think um, and I think it's I think it's his enthusiasm. I mean, he's always been a hype man, hasn't he? He's always kind of hype. Every every interview he's given, he's gone like, "Oh yeah, this is the biggest best thing I've ever done." This is next but I feel level. like there is like an energy here. Yeah, there, this is next level. I feel like there is like an energy to him um, that is infectious in a way, and I think and I'm hoping that it does kind of translate into into some great some great comics. I think we're we're really gonna hopefully see some great stuff. And that's the thing. It'll and the one thing is people go, oh cool, because if he does some really cool Superman stuff, he will go, oh cool, Ben, this is doing some really cool Superman stuff. Then it can't help but make Superman's books some of the top selling books on the market. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because if his books aren't in the, because I will, I can easily see it happening because the excitement that he has that he's putting into this. Because, and here's the thing right now, DC is stacked with talent already. I mean, they got Tom King hanging out in there. They've got, yeah. I mean bucket loads of talent yeah yeah just on Craig christopher priest is in that and they're like like and it's like john like it's like and you, you got all this talent and it's like scott snyder's and i mean all these people doing stuff and you're going my lord yeah well that dc nation issue um issue zero has got um it's got that story with brian bendis and um uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, but it's also got um, two other stories in there as well. So this, like this issue, is kind of a primer for upcoming DC events, really, isn't it? So like the there's one that is uh, a Justice League story um, that is leading into um, it's following on from Dark Knight's Metal and leading into Scott Snyder's run on Justice League. Um, with yep. uh, is it No Justice? He's going to be starting like Justice League No Justice. Um, which is um, and that's crazy in its own right. Yeah, that's another one of those that you're like. So it's going to be crazy Superman stuff. That's going to be reinventing super, doing really cool stuff. Superman. You have the Justice League is going to be in the midst of a reinvention process with uh, because because Joshua Williamson's involved in that DC Nation. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, Josh Williamson's involved in it. I think um. Greg Capullo is doing something for it, or am I making that up? I can't. Um, I can't see who's involved. I am. Um, let's see. I'm not sure if he's involved in it or not. I know, like, I know that like the people I know involved is like, like a lot. Of people, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. It's like, 
there's a ton of people involved with uh, this thing. I mean, it's like... And then Tom King is doing the Batman story in it as well, because there's a Batman yeah. story, which is basically um, the Joker finds out that Batman, Batman and Catwoman are getting married. Um, and so basically that's kind of, you know, shit hitting the fan kind of, um, kind of revelation that they're not really, um, they've not really said too much about. They've not said which Joker it is, which of the three Jokers has found out that they're getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, so the Justice League No Justice is a weekly four-issue series. So much like the Man of Steel uh, is weekly, this is weekly as well. Um, it's four-issue series. It's written by Scott Snyder, Josh Williamson, and James Tiny IV. Um, and Francis Manipal is on art. Mm-hmm. So again, brilliant. So Scott Snyder has... Um, you know, obviously been on Dark Knight's Metal and All-Star Batman recently. Uh, Josh Williamson's been doing The Flash. James Tiny in the fourth has been doing Detective Comics. Um, and Francis Manipal has got a long history with, you know, with the DC Universe. Detective Comics was uh, Fred the with Flash. the Flash, and he did Trinity recently. And he did Detective yeah. Comics at, did, at with, one point. So he's he done. with Scott Snyder, didn't he? Didn't he do Black Mirror? Or am I thinking of... No, uh, the... Uh, Francesco, Frank did a, did a, did a Black Mirror, but he did a, he did a Detective Comics on, he did a Detective Comics run that he wrote and drew. Yeah. And he, and then this is going to be an intro. It, DC is stacked. This is sort of like DC's freaking stacked year of, yeah. Like they've got their stuff so locked and loaded. It is unfreaking. Real. Yeah, they're doing really I good. Mean, and and I feel as though on the other side of things, like it doesn't it doesn't always have to be DC's up, therefore Marvel's down. You know, there's there's been plenty of times where both of them were doing really well or both of them are doing poorly. And, you know, I'm obviously I, I'm I'm not one of those people that loves one company and, you know, hates the other because that's ridiculous. You know, there's plenty to love in both. Right. But um but, you know, Marvel does feel a little bit rudderless at the moment. I'm sure they'll write the ship at some point. Um, but there doesn't really seem to be any um, current awareness from fans as to what direction the universe is going in. They've got their Infinity... Um, what's it called? Infinity Quest or something? I don't even... No, it's an it's a Infinity Countdown, is it? Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Infinity Countdown, that's yeah. it. So that's like the... You know, they've got Wolverine's... Like, the OG... Like, young man Logan is uh, is kicking about with an Infinity Stone. Mm-hmm. There's been Infinity Stones fed through some of the stories at the moment, like the Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. Um, and so that's kind of their short-term direction. But... And, and, you know, Wolverine's coming back at some point. Fantastic Four are probably coming back at some point. But Marvel Legacy didn't do as well as they wanted it to. Like, you know, that's not just kind of critically speaking, even though that's true as well. It is, you know, the sales figures from 2017 have shown that they it wasn't as successful as they wanted it to be. Um, they la- The end of last year, the last, the last quarter, um, even the last two quarters of 2017, they had... Um, mistake after mistake after mistake, kind of PR-wise, which just, you know, really soured them with fans quite a bit. Um, and just generally speaking, I I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I was excited by the idea of legacy numbers. Um, Same here. I was kind of curious what they do with it, but now I'm like, uh-oh. I don't know. They... It's confusing. It's, been, it's confusing for me because there's some series where I haven't quite caught up on. So, like... Black Panther, I'm like a volume behind, and um, like uh, well, there's a couple of other ones I'm I'm, I'm like a, a while behind, but then I don't know what 
what issue it ends with and then what issue the next one is like uh because i think black panther's on like issue 160 now and it's like well where did it where did it jump where did it change you know how many issues have i got to read to catch up on you know i don't and i don't envy marvel when they have to put that all on marvel unlimited later and they have to sort through that and go um oh hang on yeah we got this this like right damn here okay yeah and i just think like they, they, I mean, the only thing they really can do uh, at this point to kind of, it feels like to completely reinvigorate things is to have like a reboot, like a line-wide reboot. Oh, that's a word no one likes hearing. Yeah, when it comes to when it comes to Marvel or DC, really, no one really likes that. But I, I wonder if Marvel have always been the the company as out of the two of them, out of Marvel and DC, Marvel have always been the company that has been. Uh, more focused on you know the modern day and you know life outside your window and like kind of street level stuff um whereas dc has done that but it's it's more focused on the heroes as gods kind of thing you know the, the justice league of these kind of you know the, these these gods that walk among us kind of thing so but but they do have a timeless quality to them whereas marvel have always been current marvel have always tried to be very much of you know, this is now. This is this is your world. It's New York. It's it's West Coast Avengers. You know, it's not kind of it, it's not made up cities. You know, it is real cities, um, and so I kind of think that does suit the idea of rebooting it and having like it kind of start all over again. I guess even though I don't really want that, but I don't really I'm not really enjoying what they're doing at the moment. On on the whole, like there are. You know, again, there are series that have been brilliant, like Hawkeye's been brilliant, um, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl's been brilliant, um, I love Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, um, and I love all the new characters that have come in that have kind of reinvigorated the books that they're in. Moon Knight's a nice Star Wars. Moon Knight's Moon Knight's really yeah, cool. Moon Knight has been good. I haven't, um, I'm not up to date with that, but I really enjoyed Jeff Lemire's stuff. Um, anything like, you know, Thanos that Donny Cates and Jeff Shaw have done. Um, but yeah, so like there, there is great stuff at Marvel, and I've really been enjoying No Surrender as well, which is the like, the weekly Avengers series. Feels kind of like old school superhero stuff, which you know after Secret Empire and Civil War Two, they desperately needed that kind of fun, colourful, you know, the world has been stolen kind of superhero adventure, as opposed to yeah, everyone's fascists, you know. Every so it's one fun land. Of- Secret Empire. Yeah, which oh, we won't talk about. It's we're still getting. We won't get into that. None of us need to get yeah. into that. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. It's a very interesting time for for comics. You know, we've DC have got a lot coming out, like a hell of a lot. Like Young Animal have just started doing a crossover with the DC universe. So Justice League, uh, JLA, Doom Patrol number one came out this last week. I don't know if you've had a chance to read that yet. I haven't had a chance to read that yet, but I. I, I kind of need to because I saw like I've seen like the first page of it and I saw who was I saw who was involved and I went they're using manga con. It is so good. I, it's I, so I love good. manga. But really weird fun fact about me when I was like I was getting back in the comics and I was and I was got, finding all these back issues and I had never discovered Just League International back in the day and some of the early Just League International I read was I found some manga con issues and I went what is this glorious brilliant oh this is beautiful this is so up my alley so anytime manga con appears in anything it's like yeah yeah my heart i'm like i am a very happy human when i see manga con so it's <laughs> like so yeah um yeah i'm gonna be sitting down the read it's it's gonna be interesting because there's but yet yeah, dc is stacked i mean they've got 
they're they're getting their vertigo line rocking and rolling again. They've got the young animal imprint. They've got yeah. they've got the Brian the Brian Bendis imprint that's coming out. They've got all. Oh, I mean, Tom King's got his Batman stuff on the way. I mean, and yeah. then Tinian's supposed to be wrapping up on Detective Comics. It sounds they're they're talking rumors about that now. They haven't confirmed it yet, but right. it's like Percy's finishing up on Green Arrow, and then. But so the, you're probably gonna have like so there's gonna be a lot of new talent coming on books. There's gonna be a lot of new stuff coming out. The just I mean, it's an interesting time for DC. Yeah, and yeah. and and it's kind of funny because like right while right now Marvel is rocking and rolling with all the movies on the way, and DC is in a very quirky state with their movies right now, and it's kind of an interesting situation to see is like <laughs> that the comic line is just on freaking fire it's, it's weird because they do as i say like the one one being up doesn't mean that the other's down but at the moment like i like exactly. dc comics are firing on all cylinders and marvel comics are a bit rudderless the marvel movies have never been better and They've got Black Panther, they've got Infinity War, they've got Ant-Man and Wasp. They just finished, you know, Thor Ragnarok, which was awesome, and Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and DC Comics have had Wonder Woman, which was amazing. Um, but, uh, you know, the rest and of And then them, Justice League. Uh, yeah, you know, Justice League, which... Yeah, I never did, before I forget, because I, I caught you one night when you were watching Justice League. Oh, yeah, time. yeah. I watched it... Um... I never did get to ask you what you thought of that, because... Man, I yeah, I watched Come it on. last week. I think it was, or or maybe even uh, you know, uh, ten days ago or so. But uh, but yeah, I watched it, and it was not as bad as I was expecting it to be. I kind of went into it thinking, yeah. um, you know, reading all the not reading any bad reviews, but reading reading a lot of people's opinions. That, oh yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And you know, it wasn't it wasn't great. But at the same time, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I thought Superman CGI top lip was as buck wild as i was led to believe it was just crazy like it was so obvious you want to laugh you want to laugh at people have been showing like mission impossible images of henry cavill and his mustache oh, yeah. and it's like that mustache costs warner brothers millions of dollars yeah, yeah. The, the balls on on uh on uh, Warner Brothers to just be to, um, Paramount, sorry, to just turn around and go, no, he's not, he's not shaving his mustache. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. It was, um, it was, it was so that that was crazy, and that was I enjoyed that for that reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, the 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 trouble is the villain was just boring, and it was just kind of standard blah villain. Um, there was, you know, Wonder Woman was awesome. Aquaman had some great moments, um, and I thought, you know. The Flash was funny. I think it was they, they were trying too hard with the Flash, but um, but I still thought it was good. Um, and yeah, just kind of it just didn't all come together for me. Like if you take Justice League and its nearest comparison being Avengers, you know the first Avengers movie. Um, there is no comparison really. Like the first Avengers movie is is brilliant, and it's still arguably still my favorite uh, Marvel movie. And then to compare that to justice league it just i don't think it's earned it i don't think it's earned that um earned it yet because a lot of the storyline hinged on the fact that superman was missed and the world was worse off without him but like in batman v superman like in man of steel like he didn't even really show himself until the very end and destroyed half mm-hmm. a city in doing so so i can't imagine people loving him for that and then in batman v superman like he 
he was kind of hated and loved at the, in equal measure and it was almost like he didn't really do anything to earn the the love and mourning that the the nations and of the world in mourning um it just didn't seem very earned i think maybe if they'd done another movie or two before justice league it potentially would have been a bit more believable maybe i i agree with that because it's a weird it's kind of like as you read the behind the scenes of how justice league came like how the why that movie was kind of as big of a mess as it was it was sort of like you have like you have so many different creative directions it's like like they probably need really what justice league needed all another part of it was it probably needed not to have been needed to have been released in november because yeah it probably should have been delayed a little longer to kind of maybe work on some things a little bit more than what because that sucker was pretty much like they're like no this needs to be out in november this needs to be out yeah yeah this needs to be out mm-mm Mm-mm-mm. need to be out now <laughs> and then when you read about all the stuff like warner brothers was saying wanted it in, and then and then it's like joss whedon came in to help snyder finish to help snyder finish it up and then and then now people are like the funniest new thing online is people want the snyder cut and it's like guys snyder cut doesn't exist sorry yeah, like, as if um, like there was there was a whole finished movie and then joss whedon come along and go no i'm actually going to make my own version it's like the reason he was called in was because snyder didn't finish it so it's like or you know they were they needed to they needed to put finishing touches on it so it's not like there's a separate movie because snyder he had a freaking family tragedy he well, yeah he did yeah, he, therefore he couldn't finish he it. He couldn't finish it. And Joss was called in to help finish it up because they needed to get the movie finished up. So, yeah. And so when you deal with that and you just go that the movie is as is as de- as came together as well as, as much as it did and that it's a watchable movie. Yeah, exactly. So it It's did, like it, wow. They did they did as well as they could have done. And it's just a shame that it's not better. Oh yeah, I, I think is is the thing. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people wanted it to be better, and it wasn't as good as it should have been. And it was like, but I don't. It wasn't as bad as as Batman v Superman. I don't. I don't think it was even as bad as Man of Steel because Man of Steel was so po faced, so straight faced. Whereas at least with Justice League, they tried to inject a bit of humour in it and tried to be kind of a bit more self aware. Um, which I think people want a bit more of now. So I don't know. Yeah. So my kind of, I think if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably give it like a six out of ten, maybe six, six and a half out of ten. That's a, that's fair. I mean, I was about, I was, a, I was a little higher. I'm mm. a little bit more like a seven or an eight. I mean, I liked it, but I think it kind of gave me what I was kind of looking for. I liked Flash. I got a kick out of Flash. I got a kick out of Aquaman. I got it. I didn't get a kick out of Cyborg. I actually liked Cyborg quite a bit. I, I. I felt bad, but it's funny when you look at that movie and you hear, yeah, this is why this was such a mess. And it's not for the reason you think it would be because it's like you had like the Warner Brothers higher ups going, no, this movie needs to be done now. And then you have all these factors like if it would have just been given a little bit more time, maybe come out like, say, yeah, yeah, not November, but like spring of this year. Yeah, maybe it might have been a better situation for it, but but the thing was, now here's the other thing though. If they would have delayed it to this to like the spring. It would have been right smack dab dealing with Infinity War on the horizon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's probably and Black what they were Panther. Thinking. Yeah, I think they were probably trying to give themselves as much distance as possible. They were in a no win situation because because like right now Black Panther has like powerful levels of 
interest and curiosity and people are really excited for it. And then you have Infinity War, which is freaking Infinity War. I mean, yeah, it's going to it's going to be a behemoth, isn't it? And and that the right now the rumors are out there that Disney might be delaying Solo because of the fact that might have to look into delaying Solo because of the fact that they haven't seen any trailers for it or anything for it yet. And yeah, yeah. And Solo and so and it's like Solo's going to come out not long after Infinity War. Yeah, so, no, not long after. Well, it's so, it's three months away. We've not seen we've not seen anything for it. There's rumors that there's going to be a trailer in the Super Bowl. But that's yeah, not that's like the rumors, and I really would not be surprised though if that trailer hits and it says coming out like in freaking December of this of this year because it's like yeah yeah because because that's why if they have Solo come out like not long after Infinity War, Disney is going to beat itself in the box office. Yeah, well, they've, every other Star Wars film of the of the new stuff has come out in November December. So I don't see why this needs to be any different. Like, not that I don't, not that I want it delayed that much, but at the same time, if, if this time last year we hadn't seen a trailer for Episode Eight, so it, we we were still on track then. Whereas three months before Last Jedi, uh, Last Jedi came out, we'd seen a teaser trailer and a, tra- a main trailer and loads of TV spots and you know posters and things like that. Whereas we don't really have anything for Solo. And it's, it doesn't really bode well for it. It kind of makes you think, well, why why have they not shown us anything yet? And unless they show something, if if they don't show anything at the Super Bowl, that's when you know. Because we'll we'll update this later. But if but if they don't show anything at the Super Bowl for this, then it's going to be like, well, then I think we think we're going to yeah, be well, seeing actually, a delay yeah. <laughs> on Solo because yeah. I we should preface this because of the fact that like we're recording this on Saturday night, the day and, before the uh, Super Bowl, so. It, the day before the Super Bowl. So when it goes up, when you're listening to this, uh, you'll know. <laughs> you'll if know the answer wrong, to this. We won't. We do not care. We we take no. I take no offense in being wrong. I really. I mm. I have no. I'm like if they delay it, I will say, well done, Disney. You don't want to actually beat yourself at the box office, but it's like yeah, yeah. Because but it's gonna be one of those. Uh, you don't want to have Dis- Avengers and Star Wars competing against each other in the box office. Yeah. Two mega franchises in the midst of a big box office battle would be like a little weirdest sin also shows how close how freaking like condensed all of our franchises are in one company but that's a story well, for yeah. another day that's, that's a story for another time yeah definitely um for now though i think um it's probably time for us to uh, to move over to our interview part of the uh, of the show um so we're going to um you'll going to go over and we're going to chat with uh, with Hass about uh, about all the stuff he gets up to uh, as well as uh, talking about Craig Thompson's blankets. Joining us on the show now, uh, we have a very special guest with us. Um, it's uh, Hassan Otsmelhau, um, a uh, the, co- uh, the creator of uh, Strip Panel Naked on YouTube and uh, Panel Boy Panel, as well as uh, a writer and podcaster in his own right. Um, Hass, welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I never know what to do when someone, when you know, after the introduction, it's like, you welcome, and then I'm, I feel like I should always have something. Pl- See, this has gone so badly already. <laughs> yeah, funny thing happened to me on the way to the podcast. <laughs> never know how to start this, but thanks. Yeah, thanks yeah, for me no, on. it's it's fine. I I should have written down an introduction as well because I kind of got halfway through it and thought, oh, I've not I've not oh, actually prepared fine. for this introduction. <laughs> it was fine. It was it was good. You know, we're literally yeah. just off show talking about how organised we were, and then we've uh, we've, we've messed it up in the first. Good enough. Good. 
yeah, yeah, it's good. It's fine. You know, what we do people learn from us? Um, that's, yeah, <laughs> we're really, really happy to have you on the show. We've kind of um, we've danced in the peripheries a little bit with you because we've had Dennis Campon, who you uh, who you know, and uh, and you are mortal enemies, clearly by uh, by your Facebook, by your yeah. Twitter interactions. <laughs> and we've had Kieran on the show, who's uh, who's talked about um, who's, who does uh, you do the Under the Hood Pod um, podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, which is. Both fascinating and absolutely insane, um, which I'll, I'll talk to you about in a second. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, it's it's good to have you on the show. So I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit because Wes, um, I sent Wes uh, the uh, video of Strip Panel Naked that you did on blankets um, because we'll be, um, spoiler alert, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Um, and um, he was instantly kind of fascinated um, with your... Um, your kind of insights into comics, and I think I mentioned to um, to Paul uh, on the Comic Syllabus podcast when we mentioned um, we mentioned your work that um, that you kind of read comics on a different level. To clear, definitely to me, because every every episode I put on I'm, of Strip on a Naked, I'm like, oh, I've read this comic, I'll have opinions on this, and I'll be like, oh, I, I thought it was nice and pretty and read really well, and then and then you're kind of diving into it. So I just wanted to kind of ask, where did you, you know, where did you get that kind of uh, that analytical uh, mind from when it comes to uh, looking at art and kind of creators' works? Um, we, we sort of have it drilled, like, cause I did the degree in film production and we, we kind of had it drilled into us. Um, then, you know, it's, mm. I've always had an, in, cause I think I've always had an interest in stuff where there is like a presentation of something. And then that's like, you see that on one level. So like on the comic, you've got like the page, the story, the, the, the art, right. And mm, then yeah, yeah. kind of like, there's like a layer behind that of someone trying to do something to evoke some kind of reaction from you. And like, the, I think like the always fun example, I think is like magic. So you've got the, the, the somewhat like the performer doing the trick and that's pretty cool. And then you find out how it's done. And for some people that I, you know, that ruins the magic, right? It's like, Oh, right. You know, it's just the coin was like up his sleeve or whatever. But for me, once, once I found out like how the trick was done, what I was always super interested in was like the level of performance required to pull the trick off. And I think that's what I've always been really like interested in like like wrestling right i love i love wrestling but i hate watching wrestling but i love the idea (laughs) that they are doing this fake thing and the amount of time and effort and and work that has gone into being able to present that thing in such a way where it captivates you i think is absolutely fascinating and it's the same with like it's the same with films and things like that it's like i i don't necessarily like that i enjoy watching films so much but i enjoy like the idea of understanding what's gone in to try and get me to enjoy that film yeah yeah I do enjoy things. That makes it sound like I don't like anything. I do <laughs> yeah. like, like no, I no. do like things. But I like, I really like the uh, like the process of like how that thing is put together to do something. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Wow, so boring. That makes me sound so boring. <laughs> no, you, no, I, you can't say that. Like you, you've got a YouTube show and a magazine, like a digital magazine that's de- but, like dedicated to this. Like it's it's not. I know, but it's, when you say it out loud, like <laughs> oh, you know that I that sounds really dull. I, I, I'm actually, super fun at parties though. It's funny. Um, I want to get it. I want to. I guess it's funny when you mentioned the wrestling bit. How you you're not really you're, you you love wrestling, but you also hate wrestling. Like you like to you like how it comes together more than actually. Yeah, I, I, and I hate watching wrestling matches. I find them I find them almost unbearably boring. That, but I love the idea <laughs> of how they get put. Like I love the idea it, of it. It was funny. Like my um, like the did you watch the did you watch the uh, Glow Show on Netflix? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. And what was funny is I had my dad watch a couple, a little bit of it with me. And the episode he found most fascinating was the episode where they plotted out mm-hmm. the wrestling match. Mm-hmm. 
he thought that he, and he's 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 pretty similar to you. Like <laughs> he likes he loves the aspect of how they put the match. Like he could watch a wrestling match and be like, okay, that's that's kind of cool. Like every a few every, if there's a there's something that will catch his eye, but 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 the actual process of it, he went, wow, I never mm. realized how much they put into it. Like to keep the each other safe and how to make the match. Yeah. That's the performance, the performance is, a, is a like that to me is the magic of it. The magic isn't necessarily like uh, pulling it off or whatever, but the magic is like the performance that goes into pulling it off. Like I like when I was uh, what 2011, 2012, I made the documentary about about wrestling, and that was the thing that I always was fascinated by huh. making. That was like what was the seeing that process, seeing these guys like have a conversation with each other beforehand and then seeing them walk through the curtain in this character and doing these certain things to kind of get heat or whatever and then going afterwards and sort of talking to each other about how it went and like what could they, what they could do to improve next time and stuff and like seeing where they really got you, seeing where they didn't get you. I, know, I just found that, I just found that fascinating. I find that kind of, it's just so weird but I well, found no, I'm, it I'm, un, but like, you know, endlessly fascinating. If you don't want me asking about the documentary work, can, is that, can, can, can it be viewed anywhere? Yeah, that's on. It's on YouTube. It's uh, it's called Superman: The Story of British Wrestlers, and it's just it's just it's, yeah, it's on YouTube. It's for free. It's like an hour long. Okay, I think, I think it's good. I don't know. I'm biased, but I think it's good. I'll have to watch that because I watched the um, the Glow documentary that was on <laughs> that came on Netflix. I think it was on Netflix for a while, but it came on or like came up quite a bit when the actual Glow TV series was on. And I don't um, I don't watch wrestling. I used to watch wrestling when I was a kid, but I've not watched in years. And but I, I'm kind of equally fascinated by the idea of like the the actual production of it and like i'm always saying to like the people i work with i always say like well you know they go oh god it's all fake and i was like well only in so much as then as the story's <laughs> fake but like the actual the moves that they pull off and like the actual like athletic skill required to do what they're doing it's almost you know they almost have to mm. be um kind of to to do it fake it almost has to be more than real in a way like they have to yeah, it's, a, it's a, and exactly. that's what's amazing about it. But I, I always find the fake argument like when I found out it was fake, I, that made it yeah. so much more interesting to me. Exactly. Like the idea of just two people just hitting each other, I was like, cool, fair enough. Like I can go and do that, right? But then the like, not obviously not on the same scale. I was like eleven years old. But when, but like when you find out it wasn't real, and then they were actually like faking it, and it was designed and stuff. Yeah. Like th that's amazing. It's so cool. And also the fake argument, I always find amazing because it's like you don't do that about anything else it's not like you watch the f you watch like Die Hard I think this was a quote from in, in the film I think uh, Dave Taylor said this it's like you don't watch Die Hard and then like uh, Bruce uh, Willis gets hit and you go oh yeah, it's cool yeah. it's fake it's Bruce Willis acting you get sucked into it the, the, the fake argument I always thought was such a weird argument it's a, it's a strange thing to it's a strange reason to not enjoy it because it's it's just like <laughs> exactly to have that be ruined for you because did you think it was real before <laughs> like did is it now suddenly your eyes are open because like when you like and the interesting like I, I do watch wrestling. i'm actually a fan of wrestling i've been watching it off and on since the late 80s so and i mm -hmm. what's interesting to me it's like wrestling to me and this is actually going to dive bomb back right back in the comic books here because wrestling tangents it's like wrestling is <laughs> Wrestling is a form of storytelling at its core. Like when you watch a match, it's it's sort of like yeah. it sort of like starts off as punch, punch, kind of slow, couple maybe some rest holds here and there, but usually it's punching, kicking, and then it starts building up to like more intense holds and more like, and then it's sort of like you get like every like every rest hold, every movement, every high spot, like it's high spot like a like a jump off the top rope or a jump off the ropes, whatever, and it's all mm -hmm. part building up a story of a story in the ring 
And all the promos and so forth are part of the story, but then when you get in the ring, that's when you start going, okay, how do we tell our story? And, and it's why a lot, like, it's like when you go on, when you go on Twitter sometimes and you see like a really big wrestling event happening or any, so it's suddenly all the comic people like that are in the wrestling start yeah. live tweeting. Like there is a massive overlap in the communities between wrestling and comedy. And it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it makes a lot of sense because it's a form of storytelling. Yeah. And it's like how comic books are like, in every comic book. There's, there's a panel, like panel by panel or double splash pages or splash pages and everything. And then you have like the pages that slow things down that kind of give you some character development and then, bam, into the action, into the big, splashy spectaculars, and then slow it back down. Get some <laughs> nice nine-panel grids going on. We got some, we got some widescreen stuff going on with some conversation. And then, bam, back into the action. Splash pages, double splash pages, magic. Happens. I like how I like how you have looped that back down to, into comics. That was, that was expertly yeah, done. Yeah, wind it back around. It's good. I like yeah, that. And we should probably talk a bit more about comics, seeing as uh, we're not the, the dedicated <laughs> wrestling podcast. Well, I, that I think uh, like, uh, guys could easily do a wrestling podcast. I, I could. I well, I've actually done a couple wrestling podcasts from like years <laughs> ago. Going, it's has. It's been a while, but it's it's been like. But it's but it's interesting to me that that's why a lot of comics people are into wrestling because it's all it's another form of storytelling. It's, yeah. it's yeah. why like right now, like um, in sports in, and, and actually it's funny cause I, I actually have, a, I actually know people who do stuff for WWE. That's kind of like interesting fun fact that, and, and we're, and right now, and it's like, right. And it's pretty much like one of the things where that's why you have like people who, who do stuff for like, like my, like my buddy Lan, he does, he's writing W talk spoiler or he's going to be a guest on the show soon, yeah. but that's going to be, yeah. it's going to be interesting for me seeing as I know nothing about wrestling or WWE to like trying to hold a conversation. And he's, but he, but he, but it's funny. Like he's, but basically he and I were talking, I was like, yeah, it's like, and he, and basically he writes the WWE comics right now. He's been writing, he's been writing like short stories for them and mm-hmm. he's been doing some, he's written like a short story in the issues and a, and a couple of short stories and specials, but the connected the way wrestling connects to comics is it's yeah, storytelling. Yeah. It's this mm-hmm. is sort of like the wrestling isn't wrestling without a, a complete douchebag doing the doing the video. <laughs> Max Landis, but uh, and but, but it's it's the same. But it's like I think in the in in the, in the film that we did, it, uh, someone called it like theater on steroids. Yeah, but the thing is that each yes. Film, but what's what's well, that's the, the thing is what interesting, what's interesting about, to me anyway, again, this is like going back to like that kind of peeling the layer back kind of interest to me is like every, everyone has got a unique way of telling stories. I mean, wrestling's way of telling stories is very obvious in that it's, it's a couple of people in a ring, like hitting each other. Um, theater, you know, has its own particular uh, unique qualities. Comics have its own particular mm-hmm. unique qualities. And I think that's what I have always just found fascinating is like, mm-hmm going and into that you, little unique quality for and, it, and and it's interesting like when you talk about like how film like say in like a tv show from the highest end tv show to to like say like a mystery like it, to even like a mystery of the week show or like a soap opera or what have you there's always a level of craft to it that you never realize until you go mm-hmm. huh it's like no matter how high or high in the totem pole or low in the totem pole something is there's a level of craft going into something yeah, yeah, yeah. anything mm-hmm. out there it's like it's sort of like with a comic book it's like when a comic that you go well i don't like this comic because this thing is stupid blah, blah 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 but there's so much there's actually more effort than you would think that goes into like 
a comic book that you would think that'd be like, well, this is blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, I think uh, this, I say this to people all the time. I think like uh, this is why I personally, when the, you know, in the stuff that I do, like panel by panel or strip panel naked, is like I like to focus on stuff that I think is is uh, is good or the stuff that I that I you know particularly like or whatever. But and it's so because it's so easy. It, it is very very easy to look at stuff and be like. I don't like this for these reasons. I think it's a bit more difficult to be like, I love this for these reasons. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm also aware that like, no matter how bad something is, and I've made a whole <laughs> bunch of terrible things, and I didn't go into any of those things wanting to make something terrible. And it, and it, to make something terrible is also requires like a really, it, you know, it's a lot of work still to make something bad. And I, again, I'm saying that as in like a, not intentionally to make this bad, but like I have tried to make this thing yeah. and it maybe didn't turn out, you know, in a perfect way, but I still tried to put yeah. some craft into it. And I think even in bad work, you see that. And I think that's that's always why it's so hard when, I, I don't know, this is getting into a whole of a, a whole of a thing, but like there's a lot of like, uh, you know, writing about comics, well, not even just comics, uh, but writing about um, creative arts where it tends to focus on the negative. And I just think like, you know, it's very difficult to make something even bad. It's almost impossible to make something really good. Um, so I just try and like to focus on those things that are particularly good. I don't know what that was. A really weird tangent. Well, that's why. Sorry, that was already- no, that's a good tangent. No, no, it, it, it makes sense because that's why. That's why I think it makes sense for your for strip panel naked, and I think that's why strip panel naked and panel by panel are important aspects of kind of comics. I don't know whether criticism or journalism is the, they're not the right words really, but kind of comics um, exploration, I suppose Yeah. where it's, um, you know, because you're, you're showing, you know, you're showing um, the craft, you know, for what it is like you to use your kind of magic parlance, you're kind of explaining how the trick works. You know, there's, there's certain episodes that you do where, you know, you say like the, the black widow episode um, was, was one of my favorites. Cause it's, it just basically, you know, you read through that issue so fast, like the Mark Wade and Chris Samley issue <laughs> one, like you, you read through it so fast because it's designed that way. Like it's designed like an action scene mm-hmm. from a movie, but then, you know, the way you, broke it down it actually goes right well you know they they are controlling how fast you read it it's not a fast read because it's bad and it's not a fast read because you instantly think oh it's an action scene therefore i need to read it fast like chris samney is is guiding your like your reading speed and like it's almost like well how mm-hmm. how is he doing that you know and, and when you actually think about the fact that it's a it's a it started off as like a blank piece of paper or a blank screen or you know whatever however chris samney you know designs his art you know the where where he starts from nothing and draws out something uh, that that not only makes you feel something mm-hmm. but controls how you read it as well that's something that deserves to be recognized and deserves to be kind of explained to people um because then even you know bad comics are, are probably bad because they they might not do that and so but what they do <laughs> instead is is fascinating to look at and go okay well this didn't work but why didn't it work and the other thing is as well is a bad comic the most the most of the time that we assess like a bad comic is um because i've you know i've talked about on strip panel naked i've talked about comics that i don't necessarily think are like amazing comics but even in a bad piece of, or you know an overall what someone might deem to be an overall bad piece of work there will be interesting facets of it. I get like, it's, it's really hard to make something that's like good all the way through. I don't think there's anything that's like good from start. Watchmen is probably the exception. I don't think there's anything that's like amazing from, you know, page one to the final page. It, everything, every kind of, everything kind of like dips. And sometimes, you know, one bit, it does, it's not, it's not quite perfect. It doesn't quite work the way you wanted it to or whatever, but even in bad work, there is stuff that is interesting. And I think that's, what I felt, I maybe I don't know. I think that's what I felt was like lacking from the stuff that I saw was like 
I, I always seen comics as this medium, for, as a clever, in, interesting medium to tell stories in. And I don't think I saw as much as I would personally like to see that was accessible, um, you know, that was kind of engaging, accessible, that like delved into that a little bit. And you see it so much for everything else. You know, you see it so much for films and, and prose writing and poetry and everything like that. But they didn't seem to be quite as much in a way that kind of was op- like, you know, just like a kind of a regular comics reader could kind of just like watch it and kind of enjoy yeah. it. And I think that's, I just wanted to see more of that. Well, it's not just, I mean, with Strip Pond and Naked, it's not just, I mean, I, 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 I assume this is the intent, but, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, it feels very much <laughs> like it's, it's designed for people who are like, first of all, haven't read that issue specifically. Like they doesn't, they don't have to have read the issue to understand the, the message you're putting across, mm-hmm. but also people who don't read comics. Like I've, I showed a couple of episodes tonight for my wife to say, oh, this is the person I'm speaking to tonight. And she was fascinated by him because it's not, it's not necessarily, Oh, this is this is what Black Widow's up to. It's basically saying this is you know this is the level of craft that goes into this creation, um, and it kind of keeps. Mm. I think for me anyway, it gives me a greater appreciation of of those comics. And you're right. I don't think there there wasn't or there isn't that much out there. I don't want to you know I don't want to kind of say there's nothing out there because I'm sure there are people that are you know that are doing that. There is, stuff. yeah. I'll say but there is, um, there is but there's certainly there. not. There certainly could do with be more of it. So it's um it's good to it's good to have it. Dear Lord. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that's cool. That's cool that, uh, your wife got something out of it. That's cause I, I it's, it's very yeah, much actually. not about like saying, you know, this is what happened in this issue or this is what this character was up to. And, yeah. and really like a lot of it isn't, it, it, it is designed in a way where you don't need to read that comic because I'm not really talking about that comic as much as I'm talking like about a function of that comic. Hmm. Um, so it's all designed so that hopefully like you know you don't you could you could hopefully watch all the episodes and you wouldn't have had to have read any of them but in my uh mind hopefully after each one you would want to read it yeah does that like you know i like i want to i kind of want to get people excited about it and if it does that that's really cool uh hopefully it does that i don't know but it's that's kind of one of the goals of it is just to get people excited about that stuff because mm. i'm excited about it as well i hope and hopefully that translates it does yeah it does that that kind of excitement comes through and it's the same with um panel by panel which is your um digital magazine that you do uh, monthly from uh, with gumroad or you release through gumroad anyway mm-hmm. um, and each issue of that focuses on um like an issue of a comic series that's either out or you know currently current in the market kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, and you, I think that relies on not relies on as much, but it does. It kind of it you benefit more from having read the comic when you dive into those issues. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, because, I would I would recommend it for a yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. like I think because each issue, well, I mean, you know, let, I'll let you explain it. Really, what's um, you know, what. What are you? What do you? What was your hope when you started panel by panel? What was your? What was your aims when you started putting a digital magazine together? Uh, that ooh, I have no idea. I just thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was fun. Uh, no, it's it's it, what it, I, I was writing. Uh, I was writing the strip panel naked like a weekly. I think it was weekly. Uh, yeah, it was weekly. A weekly um, like column article thing uh for comics alliance before it closed yeah and i did that i did you know it wasn't it was a couple of months maybe three four months and uh even though it stressed me out to try and have to make sure i had something to write about every single week it was really good fun i really enjoyed doing it and then when the website closed uh, it, it kind of like left a, a bit of time in my week and i'm not i guess i'm just not a person that likes to have bits of time free to relax <laughs> so i thought like how best can i fill that time and then apparently all the other bits of time as well because i stupidly thought making the magazine was a good idea um and so yeah it was just i was just kind of thinking like what what is a magazine that i would like to read and i i'm i 
personally, I'm not a person that is that interested in like, uh, you know, necessarily needing to keep up to date with news or like and industry rumors and stuff like that. That's not my thing. And other people do that better than I do anyway. Um, but the stuff that I like to to do is after I've seen uh, like a film, because it's that's probably the one uh, medium that does it a lot more than, than comics. But like, so uh, if I go and see a good film, what I like to do is I like to go and try and find like people writing interesting stuff about it, like further my kind of response to that film, further my reading of that mm. film in a way be able to have a conversation with someone through their work about like, what did they like about it? Okay. I, well, I thought this, blah, blah, blah. And just, and just, you know, keep that conversation of that piece of work that I thought was interesting kind of going. Um, and there's two magazines in England. So Matt, maybe you know them. Uh, there's Sight and Sound, which is like a, yes, yeah. a film magazine for the BFI. Really cool. I love yeah. that magazine. And then there's Little White Lies, which is uh, a little, again, like a smaller film magazine. And what Little White Lies does is they basically like say, we love this film this month. We're going to talk loads about it. And I really like that model because even if I hadn't seen that film, it kind of really made me want yeah. to see that film. And even if I read the articles about it, I was like, mm. that sounds really interesting. Like, I want to be able to join in, you know, this conversation that's happening in this magazine. Um, and it got me what it got me sort of watching films that maybe I would have missed or whatever. Um, and so I kind of wanted to just, I just wanted to do that. And that was the, like the little white lies model was very much the model that I was looking at thinking like, if I can do that for someone, like if I can have the reaction that I have reading Little White Lies for, for another person, then, you know, like, then that's positive. I've I kind of achieved that goal. And so that was, you know, that's where it's kind of built from. But the, mag the magazine itself is like a hundred-ish pages. Um, and the first half is, is you know, a big feature interview with some creators of a feature book that we cover. So we've done, what we've done, Mr. Miracle, we've done Beautiful Canvas, we've done uh, Black Bolt, we've done Maxwell's Demons, we've done uh secret weapons we're just doing the new twisted romance uh image book we've got a really cool book in march that's not announced yet um and so we do a big feature interview with the creators of that um and then we do a handful four or five uh deep dive essays articles process craft pieces um all about that comic and then in the back half is a whole bunch of other stuff we've got like interviews and uh, craft pieces and columns and guest essayists and stuff that are kind of not related to that feature comic so it's kind of two halves to every so even if you kind of like don't uh, don't have much interest in our feature book there's like a whole 50 pages 60 pages of stuff at the back that you will, you will probably still be interested in hopefully um but yeah it's just it was I just again it's just it's just about getting people excited about stuff and, and and maybe looking at comics in a slightly different way and really just as a um my for myself just to get the chance to like get creators to write interesting stuff about their process because that's what I always like yeah yeah and it and again it's it's kind of um it, it does feel like you know, to use a sports metaphor, as someone who doesn't watch sports, um, it's like like <laughs> post game discussion almost. It's like you know, yeah. you go and you see that. Like, that it does. Yeah, thanks. It does work. I'm glad. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's very much like because I remember reading. Um, savage town and then thinking you know i've got no one to talk about this with um you know i, I, like, I don't know i don't know anyone else who's read it and then um you know saw that you'd done a magazine about savage town and just like kind of deep dived into it and and that enhanced my enjoyment of the of the book itself you know because it's that's awesome that's really nice yeah it, it definitely cool. does because it make it connects you to the um it connects you to the creators it connects you to their you know what they were hoping for it and kind of thinking whether well, does is that mm -hmm. what i took away from it and you know what do I, what did i take away from it and then like um your redlands issue um you there was uh, mm -hmm. an article from uh, i think it was was it tara marie that did um that was yep. fascinating talking about like kind of women in horror and that's and that kind of mm -hmm. i love that style of writing that kind of takes 
um, a subject or takes like Redlands or Mr. Miracle. There was a lot, there was a, a, um, an article about kind of um, suicide and depression and, and how, that's de- how that's portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes this subject and spins off on that. And I think that's, that's fascinating. And as I say, it's like a kind of, it is like a post-game discussion. Like you go and you read that issue and then you come back and you see all these things. And, you know, you are, <laughs> if your goal was to do that, then you did, you know, you have achieved that. You know, you are the kind of the place that, you know, you where you come away from a film and you go online and read, you know, well, read reviews about yeah. it. People have got this kind of magazine for that now. Well, it's, 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 I think, you know, the, the weird thing I always find about it is that it's so specific. It's so, it's like, it's such a, like a niche thing. And I think that's the same with like Strip Pile Naked. It's very much like a thing that I would like. And I'm just I, like, I'm just super grateful that I'm not like alone in thinking that it's like an interesting thing. Um, not to be so at myself that I'm like, oh, my work is interesting. Because Panel by Panel is <laughs> is mostly written by, no, but Panel by Panel is, is mostly written by other people. Like my my writing contribution to that is, is minimal compared to everyone else. And I'm lucky that we've had some really, like a really amazing writers, uh, you know, outside of creators, like critics and, and writers writing in for that magazine. Uh, yeah amazing set of people like like tara's done a new piece for um the twisted romance issue that's really really good as well um it's just such a wide range of that but it's it's really just like because i want to read it and it's like i I, you know in in my head it's like even if no one else bought it i'd still kind of want to just keep making it just so i could read it because it's so i just find this stuff fascinating like one of the most exciting things for me is every month getting like the pictures in so when i you know if i say like you know we're working on this book uh next month and just have people kind of go like i want to talk about this and i'm like my response most of the time is, you know, they, if they, because they, people kind of send me a brief and I, I was reading, it, I'm like, I, I like, I really need to read that article. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm upset that you sent it to me just as a couple of sentences of a pitch. Like, why have you even, like, you've, I've got to wait now. And that's, as <laughs> yeah. so I, I love, I love, I, you know, I just get really excited about that. And I just, I, because it's like, like, like you said, Matt. Like, for, for the most part, it was just me by myself having a conversation with like my long suffering girlfriend and going like, Hey, look, comics are really cool. Look at this cool thing. And she's like, I don't, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not, it's not, I don't care, but it's not my kind of thing. And I'm like, I know, but no one else will listen. Yeah. So. <laughs> I have had that exact conversation with my wife many times. She does, she does read comics. She does enjoy like reading them, but like, I, I feel like very much a pusher. <laughs> a lot of the time I'm like, yes, read yeah. this. And then she's like, wait, so you and want also- me to believe that the, the best, one of your favorite comics of last year was about a girl called Squirrel Girl. And I was like, yes, don't judge it. Just read it. It's good. Awesome. But there's like oh there's like in something and loving something though, isn't there as well? There's like there's like in something like yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that, and there's like let's let's sit down for half an hour and just talk about it. <laughs> like that's a, it's a different level yeah, of enjoyment. That's a whole other level. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's funny when you have that. It's like it's funny because like I've been the same boat. Like sometimes I'll be like I've been in some places where you'll get people who is like uh, so I got this comic book and it's like okay, no one else has read it. Okay, yeah. Or, or you somebody mentioned something weird, like you, like you posted up, like, and, some, and then you, and then you sort of like, you go, well, I'll post this up on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Ghost town. Yeah. Cool. Like shouting into you, the void it is sometimes, isn't it? I, I'm talking into the void here. That's cool. <laughs> and then, and then it's like, well, what was funny is like, I saw, um, when I saw last Jedi in theaters, for example, and, and it's funny. I think I barely talked about that on Twitter for like maybe like a few <laughs> tweets. That's it. And then, but my, but my, my friend, Laura, hi, Laura. Um, she, she, uh, she, like, she happened to be on, on a Facebook, like around the same time period. And she and I talked there for like a freaking half an hour to, mm-hmm. to like an hour on Facebook over Facebook messenger. Just, I was like, 
yeah. someone <laughs> to, and it's something really cool when you have someone to talk to when you find someone who's talking about like like a you know a comic book movie yeah, yeah. whatever because people love converse it's it's sort of like when you're in your own little vacuum you're like <laughs> but i like this well that's and no one's talking to this about me and that makes but this it's good to decompress as well like i always think that's a good that's a good measure i mean there's i i there's like two measures for me of a good film there's the there's like the film where you walk out afterwards and it's like you just have to speak about it you just can't i saw when the witch when the witch came out i went to see it with a friend of mine who he's not like a really big you know movie buff or anything but we went to see the witch and we afterwards we were like we we just had to go and get a drink and we just like talked to each other about it for about three hours and then there's the films when you walk out and you're like i have nothing to say and i never want to see that film again but like in a really good way and so like it's either the two i think if if it's just you walked out and you're like you shrug and kind of you know yeah that was okay then that you can you can always know that's a bad movie but if you come out like emotionally scarred unable to speak that then it's probably like an amazing film or it's the films where you're like i can't shut up about this like we need to go and sit down because otherwise i might implode yeah and i feel that's why the way with comic books a lot of the time like a lot of superhero comic books i'll read and i'll really enjoy but i don't really know what i've got to say about it like i kind of go Mm -hmm. yeah that was really good really enjoyable i really like that you know like a lot of the superman comics i'm enjoying the superman comics at the moment and like but they're very much kind of like i enjoyed this thing whereas there are some there are some issues but like mr miracle like i can't i can't not want to talk about it and pick it apart and just go what does this mean what does that mean and just kind of getting people's opinions and things and i think you know i think that's kind of a fascinating fascinating yeah. a, a sign to me that i've gone i've gone from liking a comic to loving a comic i think almost <laughs> you're gonna laugh like right now i've been watching the uh black lightning show on the cw here oh yeah and, mm-hmm. and i and it and it kind of sent me on a black lightning journey because <laughs> i bought like because i bought like the first trade that collected like the first series on amazon like like uh i think like i get and i've been reading that right now off and on and it's like and it's like right now my brain's going, I am comparing this back. I, I bought this really to kind of compare it back and forth to the series right now and see how, like how they're using it. And I'm like, whoa, they really are playing with some crap here. That's kind of, and, but it's like, <laughs> not many people are going to want to talk to you about comics from the seventies <laughs> that, that are in comparison to the TV, TV show. And people talk about TV show with you a little, a good bit, but people talking about, you're talking about a comic from the seventies. And it's like, yeah, because <laughs> fascinating. And it compares to the TV show that's right now one of the hotter things on the CW at the moment. And it's kind of, and it's fascinating to see how the see where what they used from the comic book and how they yeah. tweaked with it and how they played with it. It's like it that sort of stuff kind of weirdly fascinates. Like I, I find weird things fascinating. It, <laughs> I, the one you kind of pick you pick up on me is like sometimes I find like I get sort of things where I get sometimes I get into these sort of zones. It's like. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm gonna do now. I'm gonna weird read a cop seven. I'm gonna die, deep dive. Yeah, what I like about all the new the new series that are coming out on the on the films and stuff is they do seem to be paying a lot more attention to the um you know their their history and like kind of call, callbacks and things and they don't really mm-hmm. they really don't need to you know they don't need to kind of have those people in the background called this this name that is an obscure reference <laughs> to you know thor issue 12 or something you know they really don't need to do that but they tend to kind of fill those things with it now and i think that's you know they they do tend to kind of uh, honor their history in, in ways that they didn't before and it's and it gets people wanting their and it kind of, and it's kind of interesting that 
it gets some people to go on these weird deep dives like I go into <laughs> where suddenly they want to start going, hey, you know what? I want to read this comic book that this I want to read where this character came from or I want to read where this person came from or I want to read where this and what inspired this and this and this and this. And well, talking about weird deep dives, this is a, a good segue. Um, what, in, <laughs> what, in, um, what, uh, what ever possessed you and Kieran to start a uh, a Watchmen minutia podcast that deep like deep dives into uh, every single good page? God, I, I'm, I'm fascinated I, 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 by it. We because I'm curious. The, uh, it's, this is uh, it's a, I'll, I'll try and make it more exciting, but it's a proper boring story. <laughs> um, so basically, I think Kieran was either yeah, just seen something about the Star Wars Minute podcast, where it's like the guys who uh, like talk about a minute of Star Wars on a on like a on a podcast, mm. but they were doing it every day, so that you get through it pretty quick. But but Kieran was like. Because obviously we, you know, we'd known each other from Comics Alliance, and Kieran was like, "Oh, I'd love to do." Uh, I think he just tweeted it, like as a like a you know idea one or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Watchmen podcast where we go page by page with Hassan, um, and I was like, "Yeah," okay. <laughs> and then and then we we recorded it. So it's not the most like inspiring of uh, origin stories. <laughs> But um, you know, I can we could we could say that we sort of wrestled a couple of crocodiles or whatever. Like there was a couple a of serpent. cows to do. To, we us, we got to a serpent. That, the that Alan Moore summoned to go to go make do this podcast. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. a hot. We had to. Yeah, we trapped. You know, we had to trap uh, like Dream for sixty years or whatever, and you know, and then <laughs> one one night Kieran fell asleep, and I don't know. So yeah, but yeah, we basically Kieran was like, "Do you want to do?" It? And I was like, "Yeah, okay." Have you, and then you, we did it. Have you thought about like how? How long is it actually going to take you to eight, get eight odd years? Yeah, eight-ish years. Eight-ish years. But but that's if we stay on schedule and we, and we don't. Yeah, so yeah. It's like more like twelve. So you record like four episodes. <laughs> like you record once a month, don't you? Basically, and then record like a weekly show from that. If we were clever, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. What normally happens is we go like, "Are you free?" And it's like, "Yeah." And then we'll try and get a couple in, and then we'll just see what happens yeah. from there. We're, 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 it's you know, it's it's not, it's not a long podcast, uh, but apparently we're super unorganized, so <laughs> there is that. So we'll probably take like twenty years, but I mean, in theory, we'll both be alive for like another, you know, forty, mm-hmm. fifty years yeah. minimum, unless something really bad happens. Uh, you know, in which case is a get out clause. But for the moment, we, we should have enough time to yeah, finish. You it. should. Fingers crossed. Think- but the fact that you've yeah. di- like you've just decided to go for it and just dived into it is um, is really kind of like I don't want to I don't want to go go too overboard, but it is, it is inspiring in a way because there's loads of there's loads of projects that I always think oh, I'd love to start that, but then I think oh that's a big commitment now. And then like I listen to your <laughs> show, and I really enjoy it. Like whenever whenever it comes out, and I'm just like these guys are doing. It, but it, it, but it is, but it isn't. Do you know, it, like it's a commitment, but also at the same time, if like if one of us just went, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, it'll be like, yeah, fair, yeah. you know, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, that's good. Like it's not, it's not, it's not like we're talking about a page of Watchmen every week. It's not life or death. Um, it's not marriage. Yeah, you're, it's, not kind of, you're not committed it's, legally into this. But it's a, well, you say that, but the whole, <laughs> the blood contract thing is, you know, we have to check that with that lawyer. I knew, I knew your origin was more interesting. <laughs> but no, it's 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 been fun. It's Alan Moore, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan Moore's got a whole. St- Dave Gibbons have got a whole stake in it, but it's it's no, it's it's been fun. Like it's 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 been a. a, a I I go into it very in a very specific way in which I try not to go ahead of myself. 
So I stick to the page we're looking at, and I just I keep everything else from memory, which this, which means that I totally forget things or like get things wrong all the time. But I don't want to. I didn't want it to be like. I wanted it to be like uh, a conversation. Still, you know, I wanted it to be like a thing where it's not like, "Hey, I have all the answers," but it's just a thing where me and Kieran go like, "Here's a cool thing I've noticed on this page. Let's see how that develops as we go through the book," um, and it and it keeps it fresh and interesting for us, I think. And we both bring something different to it, like Kieran knows so much more about the history of like superheroes and comics and stuff than I probably will ever be able to learn. Uh, and I bring the kind of, you know, like the strip panel nakedy kind of like uh, analytical approach to the, the style of it and stuff. So we both bring different things. And I think every single episode I've learned something, which has been fun. Like Kieran has been able to teach me something about, about like the history of this or the history of the comics, uh, the characters, sorry, or whatever that uh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have learned otherwise. So it's like, I've read this book, you know, I've read this book like a thousand times. Uh, and the fact that he can still teach me some new stuff about it is really, really, really cool. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's, ridiculous. it's choice that you, it's, it's proof that you've chosen a good comic to do that as well, because you couldn't, you couldn't <laughs> do that with just any comic. I think it's, it's a testament to, to how dense it and really how is. deep Watchmen actually is that you can spend half an hour talking about a single page and still learn a lot about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a couple episodes behind, but I listened to um, one, I think yesterday on the, on the commute, I listened to uh, episode nine, I think where um, Kieran just like kind of name dropped Jay Garrick. And you're just like, I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> just like, as though it was like his neighbor or something. And just like, no, I don't, I don't know who Jay Garrick is. And he's like, no, J- Jay Garrick, the flash. And like <laughs> knowing Kieran and like hearing, like reading is, you said, you said that. Now, and I was like, I was like, I remember that name, but I don't know who that is. Yeah. Even even now, I was like, yeah, no, I vaguely remember that conversation, but I don't know who Jay oh, Garrick is. Yeah, even now, yeah. And, <laughs> and that was it. Like, I remember hearing, like, Kieran talk about it. He's just like, I think knowing that Kieran loves the Flash as much as he does, I feel like that was like a person on the front <laughs> of him a little bit. Like, you, you personally attacked him. I know, I know, um, I know, uh, don't tell me, I know uh, Barry Allen. Yeah. He's the Flash, right? Yeah. And I know the other one, don't tell me. The uh, Wally, come uh, on, summit. Yeah, almost there. Um, Wally Wood, Wally Wood, Wally Wood, what? Wally Wood. Wally West. What? F- oh my god! <laughs> but that's you're all. Well, you don't need to, again. You don't need to know. I got. That. I got the W's. I got the W's. Yeah, you knew it's you know alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. W W. Wonder it? Woman. She's another one. She's a character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? See, I know comics. I know, you know, I know what they are. Yeah. Bat- Batman. He's, there's one. <laughs> you do Batman. realize, you do realize Batman. man, if you, got, when, if you guys make it through Watchmen with your Sandy intact going through this thing page by, like page by page, <laughs> you realize someone's going to say, hey, what about Doomsday Clock? Well, we've done we've done one episode on Doomsday. Have we done two? We maybe we've, No, no. We, maybe we've done one episode on Doomsday Clock. I really didn't like it. And it's one of the very, mm. very few times I guess you'll find me online talking about something I really don't like, but I really did not like that comic book. And I have not enjoyed any of the issues of it at, like, at all. It's, I just oh, think it's... I, I don't want to get into it, because again, this is going to take a weird negative turn. But it's not for me. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah, no, I think, I think a lot of people feel like that. A lot of people feel the same. Not, enough, not enough Wally... Not that Wally Woods. <laughs> yeah, well, where's Wally Wood? What kind of comic is this? But uh, no, it's actually funny. Um, Matt and I, when we talked about Doomsday Clock, I remember Matt was like, Wes, have you read Doomsday Clock yet? No. 
I don't know why this exists. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not even sure what it's trying to do. That's. I think that's my biggest problem with it. I don't. I don't know what it's trying to do. Mm. Like, I think that's the thing for me. I just don't know whether. I just, yeah, again, I don't even want to get into it. But I just, I just don't. I just don't. At the moment, I don't see the point of it. But yeah. <laughs> but I, I do. But I, it, it actually is kind of funny because I have no other people who are really so hyper happy over it. Like, wow, Doomsday Clock, awesome! I'm so happy for it. I'm like, that's cool. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna run your parade. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna say it frustrates me. Um, I, I'm, but I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> We're just gonna leave it at that because I don't want to I, go on rant. Well, I, I did. I like. Right I really wanted to like it as well. I think that was the worst part of oh, it yeah, for same me. Here. Like, I, like I really went into it. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. It's not even that I was going into it kind of thinking like I'm waiting for this to surprise me. I went into it thinking like I think this could be good, and and it, yeah, uh, you know. And not, it's not. It's not good. It's just not for me. Maybe it's. It's not. It's. I, I said. It's. It's. Te- it's in technical terms. It's not a bad. Comic. <laughs> I love how we're dancing around it with our language. Like it's not bad. <laughs> it's not in technical terms. It's not, it's not a. It's not for bad comic. It's but it's not a bad comic. Yeah. But it is a comic that can frustrate the <laughs> living heck out of you if you're sort of like reading it going. <laughs> Like rubbing your, you're rubbing your head, you're rubbing your fingers against your, your forehead going, what the hell am I reading? What the hell? Like, and it's funny, I, I was, I, one of my friends was a big Watchmen fan and I was like, hey, have you heard about Doomsday Clock? She's like, no. (laughs) And I was like, hold on to your hat. (laughs) And and I got, and I caught her really, and she, and her face was like, and I told her, well, yay. So, so you see, I gave her a quick rundown. She was like, and her. Her eyes went sort of like, what? <laughs> Why are you telling me? I'm like, well, well it's kind of like a weird Watchmen yeah, sequel, yeah. but not a Watchmen sequel, but kind of <laughs> is. And it's really weird. And and, and she was just sort of like, what? I, I, her face was just like one of those. If I, like I said, I, 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 think I, was like, if I could bottle that reaction, <laughs> I, it's just one of those things, man. I just go, but yeah, I, I just want to say it's like it's funny because like it's like I say technically not a bad book, but it's so that's why like when I heard about like when I heard about you guys like covering Watchmen page by page, I went mm-hmm. oh dear lord, poor souls gonna gonna tell them <laughs> to do that with or be, or if yeah, they really are Watchmen. twisted, they're gonna go hey you want to do that before Watchmen? Well, that's what that's what Karen, that's what Karen was saying. It's like you, you know re- realistically uh, in like twelve fifteen years time. If we're like, oh hey, we've run out of stuff to talk about, then we've got like the entire of before Watchmen. Well, at that point, we'll have like you know potentially like a full set of like six or seven seasons of the HBO Watchmen show. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, well, we will, we will never, we, we will never run out yeah. of Watchmen. There'll be Doomsday Clock two through. and three that came out. So I'll Doomsday three, the Master Race. <laughs> well, there'll be 12, 12 years. It'll be yeah, Doomsday probably. fifteen, probably. Yeah. And then the Watchmen, and then you get, and then you can, and then you do another deep dive into the Watchmen movie. Yeah, and, we, and, and, endless. And there's endless Watchmen material. I mean, I mean, heck, you'll probably have a Doctor Manhattan comic oh, series by that point, that's, that's or, or a Rorschach yeah, comic yeah. series. <laughs> I, I mean, well, let's um, let's go from talking about a comic that we don't like, <laughs> Doomsday Clock. Uh, I'm, I'm conscious of time. Well, so let's, uh, 
<laughs> oh no, I'm oversimplifying it. I'm oversimplifying it. Um, let's talk about the um, the issue that uh, that you uh, that you love, Hass. Um, every every episode we try when we get someone on the show, we've tried to uh, get them to bring with them um, a comic that means a lot to them, that's significant. Uh, and you've chosen uh, Blankets by Craig Thompson. Yeah. Um, so first of all, why did you? Why was this the comic that you wanted to bring with you? Uh, Blankets is one of those books where I I don't even remember how. I got a copy of it, how it came to my hands, but it, it, it sort of arrived at the right time. I think it's, I think, you know, you can often define like moments that you, or remember moments of your life by the kind of media, media that you were consuming at the time. And blankets is one of those things that for me always stands out from when I was like, I don't know, 15, something like that, 16, maybe. Mm. Um, I hope that lines up with when it was published. Otherwise I, I may have ended time travel. Very <laughs> But it felt like it was about that time for me, and I don't know. It just it just hit at the right time, and I remember reading it for the first time, and I just devoured it in one sitting. Um, so, and it's not you know it's not the, the, the slightest of, of comics, but I just went through it, and I reached the end, and I was in like in fl- tears, floods of tears, and the whole the thing just hit me like like you know like a on, on the gut punch just kind of knocked me out, and I just finished it, and I was like. I, I don't know. It just got me, and I just didn't know how to react to it. And I read it again not too long after that, and I read it again not too long after that. And I, I've read it, you know, on a fairly frequent basis. And it's one of the comics that whenever um, I, you know, whenever I tell people like I make this YouTube show, you know, people in sort of the real life world uh, outside of the internet, and they're like, "Oh, comics are for children." And I'm like, ah. and then I give them a copy of Blankets, and I'm like, "Try this," and they come back to me like mascara mm-hmm. running down their faces and stuff, regardless if they're male or female, um, and they're like, "This was amazing." This was, I didn't realize this was what comics were, and I was like, "Right, this," you know, and it. And I, I like it because it all I kind of get this sense of like I've sent someone back to being like 15 again or whatever when I give it to him. But it makes me it does that for me when I read it. It, it sends me back to, you know, what what was going on in my head when I was like 15, 16. But it's it's just like a, it's just like a portal to another another time. But it just got me at the right time. You know, I don't know if I don't know if, if I'd have read it, say now, if it would have been as uh, big an impact or big an influence for me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It just got it just came at the right time. I think there's those those books or those you know that the media you consume at that kind of formative age always mm-hmm. does stick with you in in some mm-hmm. fashion, and I think it does have more of an impact than you know potentially it does in later years. But I think also with blankets, it's a it's a book that's about that period of your life as well like it's it's about growing up and it's about kind of um you know um first fears first love you know family and and friends and things like that it is um you know i think i've made it sound a lot worse than it actually is (laughs) it's not really (laughs) bland but no it's you know it's about um it's 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 just this fascinating kind of again i don't want to use coming of age because that sounds very trite but it is that kind of formative period of 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 the character's life where he does kind of grow into you know this 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 man and the person he's going to become and it's all formed by Mm -hmm. these experiences that we see throughout the book so it's quite it's but yeah there's very specific beats to it which which uh you know worked for me maybe then they might work for 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 other people but um you know it's it's his relationship with his brother um and this was like at a time where like because i had an older brother and he'd gone off to university like a few years before that um and it was like uh this that kind of like central relationship kind of got me a little bit 
Um, but this idea of like needing to kind of get away from home also hit me. And it was like, uh, there was just all these little bits and pieces like this, like the first love thing. That's kind of like when I first felt the idea of being in love at 16, mm-hmm. it's like all these little things just kind of, they, they, they got me at the right time and every, every bit of it, every moment of it just resonated. And, you know, I, it's hard for me to look at it now and be like, be too critical with it because I, so much of like my emotion is kind of like wrapped up in it. So it's hard, it's hard to even look at that book and be like that comic and be like, is it, you know, fundamentally, is it, is it like a particularly incredibly strong comic or did it just get me? And I, I honestly genuinely couldn't even tell you that. Like for me, it just worked. It just, it just, everything about it just resonated with me very, very strongly. Like nothing I'd read before. Um, in any in any medium and it's like it just it just had just it felt like it was written for me yeah. um which is a super egotistical thing to say that craig thompson made it for me because <laughs> it's about especially when it's about him but you know what i mean it like it, it it felt like from the moment i opened it it felt like it was kind of saying like this is for you yeah. and it, it's very rare to find that you know and yeah that's just it's just stuck with me ever since i think that's that's the best kind of book as well i think that's the kind of book you know you know like you know you're saying oh i don't know whether objectively it's good or not like i think at that point it doesn't really matter does it you know you've you've read it and you you know you've loved it and it's affected you i think it's you know it doesn't hurt that it is actually you know a a great book you know it's it's it doesn't you know if if you'd said like oh yeah um the batman and robin movie really spoke to me it's it's, i absolutely love it i was like oh okay maybe (laughs) but like but this is like a you know it's it's a a brilliant piece of work you know it's kind of autobiographical in a way that um that kind of resonates with with the with the wider audience like it's not it's not so specific to to craig and his experiences that you kind of it doesn't shut you off as a reader um i don't know if you read um spinning by tilly walden that came out last year I, I've got it, but I haven't read it. Yeah, I, I read it. Um, um, Spinning by Tilly Walden. It was her mm. kind of um, semi-autobiographical well, autobiographical work. It was about her, the years she spent um, when she was younger, uh, when she was learning figure skating, and uh, mm. and and like kind of how that um, formed the early years of her life, and how that kind of how she grew up you know, with it, and then kind of grew away from it, and then ultimately kind of you know found out who she was through it um, and learned an appreciation of of the lessons that she learned through it and it's it's it feels a lot like um uh, blankets in a way and it feels it kind of does remind me of that and it's it again it's it's been very specific kind of hyper specific to their own life but touching on elements mm-hmm. that are extremely universal and so you find it resonating like i mean i've never learned phys- figure skating <laughs> i've never I, I don't like skating at all but you know again <laughs> I, I kind of found found kind of story beats or kind of emotional beats rather that um that did resonate with you and same with same with blankets you know there's a lot there's a lot in there that is is very universal even though the the things he's going through are very personal to him yeah well it's like there's like a communal uh storytelling aspect of it and it's 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 the kind of thing where it sort of says to you like this isn't this isn't your specific story but it's our story collectively and it, it it's one of those things where it made me going through you know a certain it'll turn to therapy if we get into it but it made me going through like a certain period of my life uh go someone else has gone through something that's like this right Mm. and it's not it's you know they haven't lived my story but they've gone through something that makes it 
where it's not so scary. And I think that's, especially when you're like that age, especially when you're like 40, 50, what was it? 15, 16 ish, mm. where you're still trying to figure out who you are and all that kind of nonsense. But it's, it just, it sort of said to me at that time, like this, you are not unique. And that was good. That was a thing that I needed to hear that this was not, uh, particular to just me that there were other people that had gone through things similar to this and it's okay. And you come out the other end of it yeah. and it's fine. And I think that's, that's the power of like of communal storytelling where it's just, it's, you know, like when you, you know, when you, it's like observational comedy or something, it's like these broad strokes where it sort of says like, Hey, other people think that too. And it just allows you to kind of go like, okay, I'm not weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you know, other people have experienced this thing that I'm experiencing and it makes it, doesn't necessarily make it easy to go through, but it makes it more okay to, to kind of go through from your from your own point of view. Like we're, we're doing this book at the moment uh, that I'm writing with a guy called Juni Barr, who's doing the art uh, called Felix and Macabre, and it's about like this idea of childhood and uh, masculinity and role models and stuff. And it's the same sort of thing. What we hope anyway, where we're, we're kind of giving like you know we're giving the specific story of this character, but we're also kind of just saying like if you've had this situation with your family, or if you've had this situation with the way that you view the world as what has been given to you from from the parents around you like you are not alone like this has happened to other people and you, sometimes you just want to create a, a piece of work or you want to read or experience a piece of work that just says like you are not alone yeah. in this world uh because the, we'll all go through times where we feel it and it's it's nice to be reminded that you're not by it by you know by a, a story or whatever yeah well I think wow that was a weird answer sorry no no it's, it's, exactly, <laughs> it's exactly it i think that's that's kind of why you know representation matters and i think like mm -hmm. that's why i mean i don't want to get you know too too kind of wide reaching with with it but it, it's it's that kind of thing where it contextualizes the emotions you're feeling and especially that kind of time of your life where yeah. you do feel so alone and you do feel as though you know no one else has ever felt this like press no one else has ever felt this much in love no one else has ever felt this kind of heartbreak and and to read these kind of things you'd think kind of um weirdly you'd think it would have the opposite effect you'd think it would kind of to take away that kind of special i you know it, it's I, i'm going through this me 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 you know it, it kind of yeah. takes that away and, and you'd almost think that that would be a bad thing but you're right it's it's a it's a good thing because it it helps you to contextualize your feelings in the you know through the prism of someone else's someone else's story and it does and it does do that in a, in a fascinating way and like kind of seeing you know various kind of you know cultures and and people represented in in different in different ways now is even is even more fascinating because it kind of helps you understand that these these different these different experiences exist and and if that's doing if if I've had something that's had that effect on me then you know someone else is is going yeah. through a similar experience and it's and they've not got that on the page to help them and you just kind of think well why not you know they need that it, and it is really it is really like it, I, I i don't think it's 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 hard to sort of like overstate how how important that is and i i like i sometimes look at it from my dad's point of view right so my dad's algerian mm. uh my dad moved to england when he was uh 18 19 um and my dad was the kind of the guy was sort of by accident was the guy that got me into films and he would tell me about the stories that he had in Algeria, about the films that they would watch when they were when they were younger. And it was, you know, it was just it was all what you would expect. It was all Western films, and like mostly cowboys, um, a lot of Clint Eastwood stuff. And it was dubbed in French. Um, and what he didn't ever see, and this is what always gets my dad excited. I think I tweeted about this the other day as well. Was like my dad would always get really excited if he saw another 
ideally Algerian, though that was very rare, very hard to find, but another North African character in a film that wasn't just like a terrorist. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, and he would he would make a point of showing me films. Like La Haine was a one that he always loved, even though not that's not necessarily the best example of one, but he would show me these films where he was like, like this is... Uh, he'd look, look, and, be, and he'd be like, "This is a good, like this guy's from like you know he's from North Africa. He's like uh, fr- or French uh, French Arabic or whatever." And he would be really really excited about it because he never had the stories on the screen um, that showed like a reflection of his own life. It was always something else, and the, and it's amazing how excited you can get when you finally see something that's like that is me on yeah. screen. Like that's that's someone telling a story that I am familiar with, rather than all these other these other fil- these other stories that tell you. Uh, these are the films, sorry, that tell you a story that I don't experience. And that's really, really difficult. And it's, it's almost impossible for someone. And I say this as, you know, a white guy uh, who's grown up with a bunch of white films. Um, but having seen my dad and having seen what my dad uh, experiences when he finally gets the opportunity to see this stuff, um, is that it's very, it's almost impossible for you to understand if you are a white person, because all of the stories that you've grown up with have been yeah. for you. And they've all, you know, if you're a white, straight, male pre- predominantly person and you, most of the stuff that you've read or seen have been stories that you can relate to directly because they're telling your story in yeah. some capacity um and it's only it's only when you finally see something else that you realize that like you're, you're potentially missing out on an opportunity and like I, I always think about this with blankets as well it's like how fundamental that was to me when i was at that age and what if you didn't what if i didn't have that like sure i'd still be alive i'd still be here but my experience of that or my that impact it had on me would be very very different significantly different um so that representation that idea of being able to see yourself in some media that you consume and not just go like you know we'll put yourself in it or whatever but actually being able to see someone that represents who you are and has some kind of relation to you is so powerful like yeah it's hard to overstate Again, I don't know what we're talking about anymore, but that, like, <laughs> but that, you're right. super powerful. I just remember when my dad, this is a super weird aside, but my dad rang me, like, in a sweat when he'd seen, uh, is it Days of, not, is it Days of Glory? Uh, which was like a French, uh, Algerian war film. Okay. And it only came out, what, like, 2006 or something. And he just, like, rang me up immediately after he'd seen it and he couldn't get over it. He's like, he's like, I'll buy you a copy. He's like, I've got one, but I'll get an Amazon. Send, I'll send it to you for Amazon. Yeah. And he's just, because, because it, and my, at that point, oh. my dad's like, you know, in his late forties. And even at that stage, he's still getting excited about finally seeing some version of his, of his life, his yeah. story or whatever on screen. And that's how important that sort of stuff because is. Because it's so rare as well. That's it, isn't it? He gets excited mm. about it because it, it doesn't happen every day. There's and like I, two Algerian films. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Like we get kind of, we get Spider-Man, you know, we get some of the biggest characters in the world as like kind mm-hmm. of, as white guys, we get kind of you know Spider-Man, which you know yes, there's fantastical elements to it, but at the at the core of it, it's a guy that never never catches a break, and you know is is always unlucky, but he's always trying. And I think everyone relates to that. Yeah. You know, everyone feels like they have bad days, which is like, well, I just want to get through that. Just I'm just trying to try and try my best, you know. And that's that yeah. feels like what what Spider-Man is. And then and then you get like you know you get someone like your dad who who doesn't potentially have that old like that kind of representation and it just seems it just you're right it can't be it can't be overstated how important that is i'm waiting i'm um, waiting for the the half algerian half uh north english superhero to come out finally so i can <laughs> i can finally see myself <laughs> in the stories that's the one niche the one niche is the yeah, yeah. we don't need this anymore throwing blankets in the bin <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Interesting. Right. We we've dive bombed into blankets. And there were actually there's actually this really cool like representation discussion going on out of I'm like, this is really cool. <laughs> I dig the heck out of that. Because and all I could think is I was just like trying to think about what because it's been a while since I've read it. So I was like I was kind of like reading, like reminding myself of little bits and pieces of it. And and it was and I'm just like listening to the discussion going, Wow. Yeah, because I we're just kind of like we dovetailed into a very interesting discussion here <laughs> that's like it's related and very tangentially related to it because <laughs> tangent is the right word interesting I think, yeah. to me it's very but it, it's kind of like because i was when i got my copy out of blankets i looked at the back and 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 it's, and it's sort of like the random funny the funniest side to this whole thing is i still have the borders price tag on the back <laughs> of my blanket copy it's like it's like on the back of that i'm like going oh my lord that's a borders price tag yeah, <laughs> wow and, and here and here and I'm going. I am so glad I did not have. I am so glad I'm just sort of like I'm just letting this nice discussion go on. Because it's, it's interesting to me because like cause there's a lot of like it's because interesting about blankets is like in my own reputation. Like I went to a Christian school as a kid. Mm-hmm. I went to a I went to a very 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 <laughs> Christian school as a kid. And I know because I've read some of my old stuff I used to write as a kid. I'm like, wow, I went to a really religious school. And, <laughs> and I, and then like when he talked about his brother and I never, I, I have a half brother, half sister. I never really got a relationship with my brother. I, my brother, my half brother and I had a uh, very, I never really got to know him that well, sadly, but mm-hmm. he died when I was around like very young, when I was young around and I was in, I was in fifth grade. Well, I was in well, fourth, that yeah, fourth, yeah, fourth grade. Cause I remember I was going to another classroom at the time and he died like just before his like 18th birthday. If I remember it's, 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 it's kind of blurry now, but I know he was like, like eight, and it was like, and it's like kind of struck me like, whoa. And I never really, I never really had that close relationship with my brother. So reading like a relationship about like a brother and then, reading about the religious elements in the story, it was fascinating mm-hmm. to me. I read this when I was in my early, I was, it hit 2003, so I was 22. So, and I was just like, wow, this is fascinating. Because it, it did, I never realized, like, huh, because it, it all hits you very interesting, especially the religious elements and the, and family elements. It's like, yeah. well, I, I can relate, I can relate to the, the familial aspect that I've had people who have been like brothers to me as, I've grown as, as, as time gone on since I, I never had like that brother, like that really brotherly relationship. I never really had that sisterly relationship because it's why I consider like terms of an only child because my half sister was barely around as a kid and my half brother, he lived with us for a while, but he not getting to that full thing, but he basically, yeah, it was a, a wild but, that, time, but, this, but this is the beauty of, of blankets though right is that this is and this happens all the time when i get people into conversations about it is that it, it's so I, I hate i don't want really to use the term raw because that's just so sad no, it, but it's, it works it's, it's very but it's very open and it and i think it's openness and it's frankness and the fact it's very upfront about the fact that like this is the, the story of the guy that's telling you the story uh is it essentially allows you it gives you the opportunity to be open about it as well because i think it's like you know if you if you meet someone and you start talking about yourself and they're either not interested or they shut you down or they're very closed off it makes you a bit more closed off but if you meet oh, someone yeah. and they'll just tell you stuff about themselves at least for me you know it makes me want to be more open with them as well it makes me want to get get down to it 
And that's kind of what the book works as, you know, that's kind of a big function of it is to be so open and so honest about itself that it makes you do the same thing. Uh, but uh, and a big, a big part of it as well is like, it so effectively puts you into the mindset of being young again. And there's, there's all these kind of callbacks to like the silly kind of imagery of him and his brother. There's all these big, beautiful pages that kind of intertwine, uh, you know, like the splash pages that are, then they're kind of a bit like all over the place and they're throwing mm-hmm. all this history around and they're intertwining it. And it's like, it really is. It's really quite uh, effective at kind of going like, remember what it was like to be this young. And no matter, I'm sure no matter how old I get, you know, even now I'm not, you know, still young, got no hair. But even now, when I read it, it still brings me back to that same that same uh, age. And it's like, and it does that very cleverly, you know, and purposefully in the way it sort of presents a lot of the imagery. And it's it's almost impossible for you to not start bringing yourself back to being young again when you read it. Exactly, and I it's interesting because you're talking yeah. about how people like blank is one of the things that if you ever want to kind of get someone to open up, maybe get someone to open up a little bit about it's like. Read, read blank as and see it's like <laughs> it's very because it did the book that does it's like raws are like no actually raw fits here because it's very it's a very <laughs> raw book it really hits right to the emotional core mm-hmm. and it because people are because like funny because most people if they start talking telling you about themselves and you can tell they they don't really give a damn about your backstory they're they're sort of like you're sort of like okay fine I'm just gonna shut up now and you just, <laughs> just do your thing fine but and you can you can read the vibe even if it's a text you can read that vibe of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you do not give a shit about me do you that's cool I'm just gonna go be over here now or go into my own universe and you do you you do your thing and and it's and it's like but but when but when it's like so interesting with this book is sort yeah. of like. If you start discussing blankets, it's like one thing you suddenly start start deep yeah, diving yeah. into your own. It really does almost feel weirdly therapeutic mm-hmm. as to how you start going. Oh, I remember this. Like, oh my, why am I talking about this now? <laughs> and you don't even realize it happening until you start talking about it. Because I, I was just thinking about. It, I'm like, oh my god, I remember actually remembering some shit when I from when I first read the book back in my early twenties. <laughs> oh. God. Well, a big, a, big part, a big part of that as well is is, is the age thing because it's like uh, I think Matt used it right when we started first starting talking about it. It's like it's a very pivotal time in your life when you're about this this age, and it's one of those things like you know when you're a kid, everything feels like it's constantly changing. It's like every every year it feels like a new thing's happening and it's so different and you know <laughs> life is super important and everything around you is like at the very height of the way it can be. And then when you hit like you know. 21 22 everything's just kind of the same for a bit and not, not in a depressive way but you hit that plateau where it's just like i'm kind of just doing this now for a while uh, yeah. and everything and all like you know all like your kind of your brain chemicals kind of like average out and smooth out and it's just like yeah it's just sometimes yeah sometimes and it's just like <laughs> sometimes it's just like now i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do this now for like you know 10 years and see what happens but I, I, when you like when you're like anywhere between zero and like 18 19 everything is firing on, the, on all cylinders like every second of every day and so if you set this story and he was you know five ten years older it probably wouldn't have the same emotional resonance but it's like it just brings you back into that time of everything being super heightened emotion uh which for me now is, is long gone but it, it just so effectively brings you back in and that's why it always makes me chuckle as well and as, as much as it makes me cry it makes me chuckle because there is a moment when you just it, it, when like the main character is like you know this is 
so important. Like his relationship is yeah, like yeah. that's everything. And if this falls apart, I don't know what I'll do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and I think I look back at that and I think like, oh, I totally remember like having that conversation. I totally remember having that moment of being like, this is it. Like the world will collapse in itself if this doesn't work out. <laughs> and then you know, like like yeah. twelve years later, kind of being like, yeah, that it's fine. Everything's yeah, okay. It's Everyone's still no, it's all. and it's like. It's interesting that that and it is that sort of book because there's not many books, there's not many books, or not many quite things like that in media that you go, huh? Yeah, that really did actually like help me out through this certain period of time, or help me out during this certain, mm-hmm. and and they hit you on that such that that right emotional chord. And because, like I said, when I was like, I remember reading blankets in my early twenties. I was sort of like, I was let's see, twenty three, so. It was just like my near last year of art school. And it was a very weird period. And I remember I read that during that run at time. I was like, wow, so much shit makes sense in my head. Right now. <laughs> it did not make sense until I finished like, okay, things are starting to click in my head a little bit more. And because like I said, the religious aspects of it, it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I went to a Christian school as a kid and that shit will mess you up. So, <laughs> and, and it's, and, and, and it's like, and then it's like, well, you didn't really have a great relate. You didn't really get to know your brother that well before he died. Me died so young. Like, okay, well, okay, that, yep, okay, that, that's clicking my head a little bit here because, like, I, like, he had a good functional with his brother, but I, I, like, well, like, you got to understand the brother relationship, but then you kind of start clicking, like, okay, you're okay, like brothers, and they start like, well, we have people like, like, do you find that our brothers along the way, like, like, not to get too mushy here, but like, <laughs> that's like my brother. Ah, oh, dude, same. And so, so basically it's like when over the years you start finding out, you find your own, like I remember talking about this one day, you do find your own family along the way. Yeah. Well, that, but that's also a big theme in the book as well though. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's like, like he ends up finding that, 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 you know, that group of people that kind of like make sense to him uh, and allow him to kind of start to make sense of himself. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like, it's just it's just that it's just that period of time. Uh, it's like, that's exactly the, the, the time or the age range when all that stuff ends up happening. I think you don't really, I suppose maybe you do, maybe you go through a midlife crisis, but people don't like typically have a rough idea of who they are when they're getting into their twenties, mid twenties, a bit later than that. Maybe some people don't know who the heck they are until they're 30. Sometimes <laughs> that's true, I mean, but you tend to have an idea or you're, at least you, you think you idea, do when you, like, when, you when, start, when, when you're 16, you have no idea. Like I have, like, I had no, I, yeah, I had no idea what was 16? going on when I was 16. The whole, the whole, Thing was a mess. As a slight aside, in 2003, I was 13. If that makes you guys feel quite old, <laughs> it does actually. Yeah, thanks for that. The old gray Westy ain't what used to be. <laughs> well, speaking of um, speaking of time getting away from us, uh, I think that's now you've uh, now you've decidedly reminded us of our own mortality. I think that's uh, that's probably a good place to call it. Um, <laughs> Well, it's actually, it's funny. We're, it's funny if it's caught, but it, it's funny because I'm going to give you guys a very funny thing. When when I was around like 16, my hair was graying. Nice. So I so this is my life. So me as a 16-year-old with gray hair. So it's like, how old are you? It's like 16. It's like, like I, I could grow like a full beard at like <laughs> So I and so yeah, it was it was a bit right like it was very interesting. It's like no one knew what the hell age I was. So it's like so like yeah, my dude, I was gray and I could grow a full beard. Oh, <laughs> before you tell us, it, it was a fascinating. So yeah, it's sort of this. It's like you know, if you old, like yeah, 
Because it's like, <laughs> yeah, that was like funny. We were like top five people. Like, yep, I felt old when I was in my late teens. So, <laughs> well, Has, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the show. Um, I think if we've if we've proven anything, is that we could probably talk all night. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank good, you for, uh, thank you for sharing uh, sharing uh, your time with us, and uh, hope we didn't keep you up uh, keep you up too late. But no, so, it's, it's been it's been a blast. It's been it's been a lot of fun really enjoyed it so um where can we've talked about it obviously um throughout the episode but um but where can people find you if they want to uh, find your stuff on the internet uh I, i'm on twitter uh at hassan oe um or youtube.com slash strip panel naked or if you want to have a look at the magazine uh it's at panel x panel.com and uh i'm crowdfunding uh, a book that i the graphic novel that i mentioned earlier about monsters and wrestling and masculinity and you can find that if you just follow me on twitter i guess that's probably the easiest way to find it <laughs> that's <laughs> the best. such a bad plug it is it's a terrible plug. <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah you you run out of steam there but i'm not surprised there's so much <laughs> stuff to go through um, but no really appreciate that thanks for coming on the show no yeah thanks for having me Thanks once again to Hass uh, for joining us on the show. Um, it was great to um, great to talk to him. Uh, you can find him uh, at HassanOE on Twitter. Uh, you can find Strip Panel Naked on YouTube, uh, and you can find um, you can find Panel by Panel, uh, the digital magazine he does, um, over on Gumroad uh, or at PanelXPanel.com. Um, that's it for us for this episode. Um, if you want to get uh, in touch with me, uh, you can find me at Matt Loon. That's M A T T L U N E, uh, and you can get in touch with the show at That's the Issue. Um, you can also find the show on MultiversityComics.com now. Uh, we are um, we are part of the MultiversityComics.com um, family of podcasts. Uh, they've got a great um, selection of podcasts on there. We are a companion show with uh, Paul's Comic Syllabus Cast. Uh, so don't forget to check that out uh, if you haven't already um, and there's also plenty of other shows uh, there's um, Make Mine Marvel uh, which is their new Marvel podcast there's a DC3 cast if DC is more your thing and there's also Robots from Tomorrow uh, just as some examples um, where's, where can everyone find you on the internet? You can find me at Geek Who Landed on Twitter, I'm pretty easy to find really I'm very very easy to find <laughs> uh, you can find me on Graphic Policy you can find me on my own website geekulandit.com and pretty much i'm gosh darn pretty easy to find so yeah. and it's kind of cool it's kind of cool that our podcast on multiversity has also it's like technically i'm like as like i'm part of the multiversity family by default thanks to this podcast and that's kind of awesome yeah exactly yeah um so yeah you can um, if you want to get in touch with the show if you have any thoughts questions comments anything like that uh you can uh, as i say get in touch with us on twitter is probably the easiest way to do it uh, either through me wes or through the show uh, or you can email the show that's the issue podcast at gmail.com um if you um listen to us on any podcasting apps you can find us on all of them so you can find us on um apple Podcasts, stitcher podbean google um all of those um if you do find us on apple podcasts uh, if you do leave us a rating and review that would be amazing mm-hmm. uh guess to uh we're still a relatively new show uh, so getting the name and the word out there would be uh, would be fantastic uh, or just tell a friend uh, just tell a friend that you enjoy the show pass it on to them and we'll be growing in no time um but we really hope to hear from you um really uh, had a good show this uh, this week wes didn't we uh, blast. yeah did really well thanks thanks again to Hass. thanks to you wes and, thank you so much uh, Hass, for being on. yeah yeah and uh, and thanks to you all for listening uh, and we'll see you next time goodbye laters That was fun. We went off on a few tangents, but uh, but it was- <laughs> yeah, I don't think we talked about like anything that anyone planned to talk about. But that- <laughs> no, but that's the best way of doing it.
oh, we're good at this now. We know what we're doing. We actually know what we're doing. <laughs> we're getting we're getting kind of professional at this. Like Semi professional here. <laughs> Semi professional. 